Hello there. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez. Hello, everybody. We're delighted to be back with you this evening. We're here all week except for Friday. You get uh, Esmeralda and John Hansen. Is that right, Esmeralda? Yes, it is. I love that. That's so exciting. You guys are so funny and wonderful together. I love listening to the two of you. Yeah, it's a good combo. I agree. I agree. A lot of fun. Yeah, so that'll be good. What Do you guys have anything planned for the show so far on Friday? Still working on it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. These things come together 10 minutes before the show. I know how it goes. (laughs) That's what we do. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. All right. Um, So we got lots to do tonight on the show. We are going to be talking about an anthology that has been on my radar for a hot minute, and I'm really excited about it, Jen Bosworth. Real excited. Um, It is called Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology, and it's all different Uh, different aspects of Chicago life and history and all that. And I'm so excited. And the beautiful Tony Fitzpatrick cover. That cover is is beautiful. It's beautiful. And I'd frame that and put that in my Yes. I was thinking when I saw it, is there a print available of this? I'm sure there is. And I would like to gift that to you at some point. Oh. (laughs) It's going to be a surprise. Great. I will forget that's forget, a thing. We're going to forget that. But don't you think that would look, you know, yeah. that's very, very you. I mean, I, no one can see it, but they can if they go to, I, you know. Rust Belt Chicago and Anthology on Amazon and there other you booksellers. You'll see it. It's beautiful. It's a, kind of this red collage thing. I do have a lot of red in my living room, so that would well, work out. It's a, It looks like a, a mix of outsider art meets uh, folk art. I love it. It's yep. beautiful. So we're going to be talking with the editor who curated that beautiful um, anthology. It's essays, journalism, fiction, and poetry. It's all the things. It's lots of stuff together, which I think will be really, really great. I love anthologies. I know they're in the publishing world, which is a place I spent some time in. Um, people kind of sometimes flinch at them yeah. because they're very hard to sell because it's not like committing to one author. Oh. So unless you have like a bunch of giant celebrities or something or really something specific. And sensational, yeah. you know. It's it's kind of hard to sell them. But you know what? You don't you don't do it cuz you want to sell books. You do it because you want to write it. Yeah, you want to write it and you want to showcase other writers and yeah. you want to tell stories. Absolutely. I have thought of so many ideas for anthologies that I want to put into the world. Give it time. Give it time. Not much time. Not I mean, much time. I mean, we'll get on it. But the other thing is that you make things happen. So it'll I, happen. I try to very yeah. much. Yeah. Because I have a rule in my life, and it is if you catch yourself saying, someone should really do this, or yes. someone should do something about X, yes. then that's you. You well, have to do it. You just nominate yourself. There is, and it's, uh, I do have the motto, why not me? Yes, you do. I mean, you why not show me? after it? Yeah, I named my solo show that because it's it's. I mean, why not me? The hard stuff and why not me? The good stuff. Yeah, all of it. I love that. Yeah. So we're gonna get into that anthology business, and it's gonna be good. Um, what's on? What's happening? How was your day? Well, here's the thing, and um, <laughs> <laughs> our show might be called. Well, here's the thing. So here's the thing. Um, I am an actor. And an artist, uh, a writer. And with that, uh, that's my profession, uh, along with, you know, just uh, other things. But mainly, it's an actor and writer. And there's a lot of inherent rejection in that field when, when, um, yeah, there just is. That's it. Sure. Period. Um, I do really well with it most of the time. However, it is... Um, when there is something that I really want, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, talking about the greater the want, mm-hmm. the bigger the risk in some Certainly. ways, and then when it doesn't, quote, go the way I want 
in quotes, um, because we can get into how that sometimes is a blessing when you don't get what you want and all that. But um, I, these were projects I really wanted and I heard boom, 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 that I did not get them. Oh, yeah, within yeah. within a half an hour. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, wow. within a half an hour. And so I heard that, and it was and wait, yes, was it all from the same person? Was no. like an agent so delivering that? Here's no. how it happened. It sort of hit me from all different sides. So, um, he it, so from all sides. So I got an email saying okay. you did not get a part in a play. Okay, from my agent. Okay. Totally okay. I mean, I was okay. And then I got an email from a theater company saying, you did not get this part. And then I got another thing saying, you did not get this fellowship that you applied for. So here's the thing. I could take it. Sure. I'm a strong woman. But maybe spread it out a little well here it when it we don't it's just like if you were i hope you tuned in uh last night but we were talking about how we don't have control over when stuff happens so i would love for it to be spaced out but it wasn't it was just my day Mm -hmm. it is just what happened Mm -hmm. to me and so i just really felt like um i'm gonna do you know to be transparent i was like i'm giving this up no more acting no more writing for me no 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 (laughs) No, that's not what we're going to do. No, 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 no. Guth, Guth is like, yeah, no, we're yeah, not doing yeah, that. No. If I need to be your agent or whatever, okay. give you like a weekly pep talk. That's, yeah, that's not what we're going to do. So that's what my day was, was filled with rejection. And it made me think of like, I want to talk about that with you because yeah. I think it is not in any field there is woo we got the lightning yeah there's some good there's we're some gonna good. we're gonna keep checking in yeah on the weather a storm and keep you updated yeah I know there's some big weather rolling through some listener areas but yes. we're gonna keep checking on that for you. yes so anyway my day was filled with rejection and introspection about some of the stuff we had talked about last night of like chunking it down like why does this oh, yeah why does this rejection hurt mm-hmm. and what can I do to make it better yeah So where'd you land? I landed here sitting with you. (laughs) No, I landed saying, let's, let's um, be a little bit transparent about it. And let's see if maybe, you know, because maybe other people out there are dealing with rejection too. You know what? It was me last week. Okay. Everything. And, and my projects are so varied that it, it it seemed, it seemed like, um, the opposite of a Joan of Arc moment with the mm. harps and the light beam yes. hitting your face. It was the opposite of that. It was like getting a rock thrown at you. It was not the, graceful in some no, way. No, it was painful. It was like some funding for a film project suddenly was like, oh, we have to close shop. We can't give you that funding. And then this happened and this happened and some writing that I had out in the world that was like a sure thing. And it was going to be this, I say shiny bobble, like a, a big thing you've been after a while. Yes, yes, a, a, a shiny bobble. I was going to get my shiny bobble byline, and that did not work out at the last minute because because the White House. Yes. Ne- they needed space for yes. a White House story. And I was like, nah, 45. Right, <laughs> right. So it was it was your week. I mean, yeah. I think we all have these these periods. Which yes. is, and I think it is um, very um, detrimental to pretend that we don't. Yeah, well, you know what? That's funny. That's a thing I talk a lot about with when I talk about online harassment and and abuse and trolling and all that because the the line is don't feed the trolls, blow it off, you don't even know that person. But you we need to be able to admit that any kind of abusive language is hurtful even if it's from a total stranger. It's it, designed to. Yes. By definition, it, yes. it's hurtful. And it deserves attention. 
Yeah, and you know what? Patty Vasquez talks about this a lot, and she and I have discussed this many times, but I know she's talked about it on the air. The the issue that she takes with that phrase of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, that's not true. No, it's just not true. In fact, words can really wreck your life and put you in a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> words can really mess you up. Yeah. And especially if you're in a very vulnerable place or someone you like someone in your very close circle if they abuse the privilege of being close to you and say hurtful things it can really screw with your head yeah it's 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 abuse yeah and i think i think the 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 casualness with which people throw words around yeah and um and the lack of sensitivity is um, a bigger problem than people think and it's also um, just spreads and I think that's where we're sort of at right now at least in this country I don't know about other countries but yeah I I agree I think it's it's um it's difficult and and I I think this is interesting too I there was somebody who's been really supportive of of the work that I've done on harassment and really helpful with my documentary and um has I have seen this person call out other people on Twitter and Facebook for being abusive or just like a bully being a bully or just being unpleasant I've heard I've personally witnessed this person go hey that's not cool be respectful and yet one night um now I can't remember if it was Michelle Bachman or Sarah Palin it was one of the two of them was tweeting I think it was Sarah Palin I'm almost positive was tweeting some stuff and this person who had been fighting, who had defended me, who had defended other other women, um, replied to her and said, I can't totally say it on the air, but to the extent of you're an idiot, but with an F-bomb in there. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, well, no, no, see, no, that's, no. That's the thing. It is very easy, I believe, for all of us in, the circ- in certain circumstances to become the bully. It, it, based on if we're angry, yeah. we could talk about anger is another thing I want to talk about. Like what what that does is I think we all become vulnerable to bullying in certain circumstances, even if even if we don't want to or even if we're not aware of it or, even yeah. you know, so calling out, paying attention to what we're saying and what other people mm-hmm. are saying is very important. But I think it goes back to the thing we're talking about last night about how it's it's important to just say the real thing, because I think sometimes to me. Anger is always a cover for something else. There's always yeah. something below that. Yeah. And so if you're angry, you got to stop and be like, yeah, what is really? What is going on? What is this? And it's usually like, I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling sad. S- yeah. Sad or small or diminished or put down or not important, threatened mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And if you give yourself four seconds, you're going to go, okay, this is what's really happening with me. Like my temper is fast. Like, it is. It takes me a while to get mad. But then once I'm mad, I'm mad. But then once I tell you, I'm done with it. Really? I don't. This I'm, is all good to know. I'm not patient enough to hold a grudge. I'm just. I'm like I can't. And if right. Once I've said, "Hey, can we talk about a thing that happened?" and then I'm four seconds later, I'm done. I'm you, done with it. You've moved on. I've moved on, and we're friends again. And it's fine. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I do. How's your temper? I get um, really. I will shake. Whoa. And cry. <laughs> oh. And then I calm down, and then I will address it. But my initial instinct is is to is to shake and cry. Okay. And then it and then it dissipates. Yeah. And then I'm okay. But that's just everyone has their go to thing. Sure. You know, and I don't um I don't get I'm not a yeller, I don't any of that stuff. It's more that I get um internally sh- shaken. And yeah. Yeah. If I'm a little if I'm just kind of like 
yelly and they're like that's ridiculous i can't believe that happened that's not really mad that's just kind of exasperated when i'm really mad i'm like i will talk to you about this in a minute yeah <laughs> you take like, a pause well that's that's the other I thing like low well you know the the thing that they all say to do in anger management and stuff like that is that and we were talking about this last night again of sort of separating yourself from the intensity of what is happening. Well, like those ads in the 80s that were like count to 10. And it was that woman who was going to throw a frying pan or something yeah. at her kid. And right. it was like count to 10. Yeah, but and it, she did. And it, she didn't throw it. It kind of works. I mean, it, whatever you need to do, whatever one needs to do to separate from the intensity, yeah. I think is important so that you can function in the world and not be right. so raw and so, you know. Yes. And yet I think somehow culturally we value the people that can just like put it away and keep going well, which those people that's a bypass so that's an it doesn't an anger sadness those are emotional bypasses so what do you mean bypass? okay so like skip over things then we gotta take a break we'll take a break um but uh, it a bypass is where you either pretend you're fine um you take this sort of i don't know metaphysical or sp- spiritual high road and say well all things happen for a reason oh. i'm very i'm very grateful to be alive and you like you said you put away or push they push mm-hmm. the feelings and under the guise of I've moved past this, oh. but though you can tell they have not. <laughs> well, but, but I think that it, it comes out. Oh, but that's what I'm saying. It it'll like always come out. Grief and rage find their way out, whether oh, you want them to or not. They really do. And you can suppress them with whatever vice or thing or yeah. activity or behavior, and then one day you just flip your lid yeah. is what will happen yeah. there. I have witnessed it happen. Me too. All right, we're gonna take a little break and. Uh, Coming up after the news, we're going to be talking with Martha Bain, who is the editor of Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology. And I am super excited to talk to her. So back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez with you all week until we turn you over to John Hansen and Esmeralda Leon on Friday. Yes, indeed. So we were just sitting here talking about lots of things, lots but of things. rejection is where we started. Oh, we started at rejection, and you know it's interesting. Like I feel better about it already. Well, say I think naming it, pointing light at things dissolves it. It really quickly. does. It 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 just makes it mostly for me disappear. So I just experienced a lot of rejection today, and that's just a fact. Yeah. And that is just if a f- you need me to like you know hit somebody in the shin or whatever you let me know I yeah. got you yeah you I would I might take you up on that <laughs> but yeah and then I just said okay well I could keep I could keep this in and I could go to my rehearsal and or I could just you know someone asked me how was your day and I said you know it was filled with rejection yeah. and then we talked about it for like five minutes and then I thought you know and they said. You know, I've experienced that, like you said, last yeah. week or yesterday. And oh, then, last week I was a hot mess about it. I was go. like, why is the world conspiring against <laughs> me? What's happening? What's happening? But it's just t- completely normal. And I think that's the other thing. It's like, ooh, it's scary. It's it's bad to feel the feelings. You know, it's well, dangerous. I, I think sometimes when things are in a, um, a grouping like that, like when you have a week with a lot of just stuff falling apart, when you have... Um, you know, three rejections in a day. When you just have stuff like that that happen, then it's easy to say, oh, I'm the common denominator. And right. it's easy to kind of internalize things and start to start the downward spiral yeah. going. It, it, it catches. And then it's like, it's like a, um, 
uh, yeah, tornado. It can you can get caught in this tornado ex- in, instead of like separating it. You know what I mean? And saying, okay, yeah. this is a thing that happened today, and it's not going to define me for the rest of my life. There is a. Um, I think I said this last night on the show, but I did um, a Saturday night special show a couple weeks ago, all about rejection. And I was trying to. I had a lot of great guests, but but one guest I did not get. Actually, there are two guests I did not get that I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. One was Steve Gadlin. Oh, yeah. Local Steve Gadlin, who's on this station the, many times. Yeah. He did a great... I'm going to draw your cat? I, let me draw... I want to draw a cat for you. There you that go. went on Shark Tank and did that. Um, and he has Steve Gadlin, Star Makers, and Cable Access. It's such a great show. And um, he has a wonderful TED Talk about rejection that is beautiful, that I keep bookmarked. And I forget, and then I go, oh, and I find it, and I go watch it again. It's so good, and it's so uplifting. And I, if you just go search Steve Gadlin and rejection, you will find it. And it's so well done. And he he has this special relationship with rejection where to him it's a game, and it's fun. And he goes and asks people. So the whole thing about yeah. him going on Shark Tank and getting funding was just a series of – he describes it and breaks it down how it's just a series of him saying – like this what can I dare myself to do in an interesting way yeah yeah and I mean you also talked about um the the gentleman you had on that was like would try to get rejected what was the guest that you had that was uh Siobhan Kukulik um she tried she said I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna go get a hundred rejections and then I had um Harlan Cohen on and he has made a career out of talking about rejection and, and helping people be vulnerable. And he's written about it extensively and he's written a column. Um, but there was one other person I wanted to get on there. Um, I was like, there, there is a game of 100 acts of rejection. And, right. and they have, they have, this group has created it and it's like a hundred bizarre things. I mean, half of them I wouldn't even do because why, but it makes you think what hundred things would I be willing to do that are a little bit terrifying just to kind of expand your horizons. Now, do you know that you're going to get rejected? Well, m- I mean, they're pretty out there. They're pretty out there. So it's okay. things like let the flight attendant, you know, convince the flight attendant to let you make the announcements. You're probably, they're probably going to say, sit down. This is illegal. Do not do this. Yes. Yeah, and if I it's will United, you, you, you will get, be off the plane. <laughs> you're going to get a lot of you're trouble. You're going to get a lot of trouble. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this a little bit more later in the show because I'm endlessly fascinated by this topic of rejection and what we can dare ourselves to do. So we're going to take a break. We're going to get you to news, all of that good stuff. And when we come back, we are talking with Martha Bain, who is the editor of Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology. I am super excited about it. And I hope by the time you hear from her, you will be too. So back in just a bit. Seven twenty WGN. Hey, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth here in for Patty Vasquez tonight, hanging out with you till two o'clock. I am so excited about our next guest. Martha Bain is in the studio. She is the editor of the anthology called Rust Belt Chicago. It is not only a very exciting anthology with a lot of exciting people participating in it, but even looking at it is a piece of art. It's gorgeous. Tony Fitzpatrick did the cover and it's beautiful and she's been in the studio for four seconds and we've already let her know we're going to need some poster I'm going to need a print of this. <laughs> we've already let her know what's happening with her marketing yeah. budget. <laughs> right. Welcome to the program, Martha. So glad you're with us tonight. Thank you for having me and we'll work on the poster. Okay, Great. Good. Great. I would like one. I yes. would too. Okay. I'm gonna I told you we have it. pins. 
Pins yeah. are good too. Get a pin. I'll I've had the, the bookmark is beautiful. I picked one up at Printers or Lit Fest. I was talking with the nice people at the belt table, uh, the belt publishing table, and uh, I was like, "That's a beautiful bookmark." And she said, "Oh, this is from this anthology." And I was like, "Wait, I know about Wait. this. Wait, it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming it's together." All together. Is, is, so, so tell us about the anthology. And and I have to say, the introduction that you wrote of it uh, at the, at the beginning of it, I have to read the first sentence of because it's delightful and perfect, and it is. Chicago is built on a foundation of meat and railroads and steel on opportunity and exploitation. That's so good it's and good so sentence. perfect. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great. And it reminds me of Chicago. I, I wrote it a really long time ago. Did you? Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad it's still working. I think it was one of the first sentences. I wrote that sentence in the actual call for submissions for the anthology. Um, mm. So, or I, or some variation on it, and I think I revised it and worked it into the um, into the introduction. It's beautiful. So, I love it. And thank the, you. And the introduction continues being beautiful from there. <laughs> but but talk us through the the anthology because it has a lot of interesting beats. Even in the um, just in the table of contents, it's divided up very interestingly um, into these subsections: city of migrants, the built city, the divided city, sports break, the living city, and really interesting names of of Chicago writers we know and love in there. As you first stepped into the project. How were you thinking of it then versus how how is it now? Where did it evolve? All right, how much time do you have? We we have <laughs> we're here till two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I first started thinking about the project, I mostly was thinking of it in the vein of other anthologies that Belt Publishing has published. And we can talk about Belt some more later, but yeah. um, we, Belt is a, it's a Cleveland-based press that I work with, and we've published a bunch of books for smaller cities like Cleveland, Akron, Flint, Youngstown, um, cities that have not been written about so much. And that was sort of the founding mission of Belt, was to provide a literary outlet and voice for these sort of communities with um, with writers and stories in them, but maybe not the most robust literary scene, um, which is not the case in Chicago, obviously. Chicago has an incredibly diverse and robust literary community, and it's also been written about a lot over the last hundred-odd years. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew that I had kind of a different task ahead of me, even though I wanted the book to also fit in with the other books in the city in this series. So I just put out a call for submissions asking people to send in writing that uh, somehow spoke to Chicago's relationship to the region, which is why it's called Rust Belt Chicago. Like how is Chicago part of the Rust Belt and how is it not? It's geographically obviously part of the Midwest or this, this part, what we call the industrial Midwest as opposed mm -hmm. to the agricultural Midwest. Right. Um, but, uh, but it's also, it's, and it's definitely suffered some of the same from some of the same economic conditions that have hit uh, you know other cities like Detroit or Cleveland, especially on the south side, especially in the far south side and near the near the former steel steelworks and everything. Um, but it's also so much bigger than that, and so has a much more diverse economic base, and has a much it's it's just physically bigger. I mean, the population of Chicago is that's too late at night, and I don't I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> so, um, but obviously the population of Chicago is like wildly larger than the population of of Flint. Um, so I put out kind of a broad call for submissions. I got a ton of material in return like so much material it was very gratifying and also terrifying um, and then I sort of went through it and started sorting it out into different 
affinity groups, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Like these pieces all sort of have something to do with each other, and these pieces over here all have something to do with each other. These pieces are poetry. These pieces are fiction. Um, and some themes started to emerge, the themes that ultimately became these section breaks. So they're um, obviously the, the, the sort of natural landscape and ecosystem of the Great Lakes is a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a something that Chicago shares with all the other cities on the Great Lakes and all the, um, so that was something that came through loud and clear. So that's sort of the, the living city chapter is sort of loosely tied together by that idea. Yeah. Uh, all the connections are very loose, um, which is uh, a source of, of, of alternately excitement and terror for me because everything that makes sense to me, why it's in the book, but I'm not sure if it makes sense to anybody else at this point. Um, so then the other themes were things were the physical environment, the built environment of, you know, a modern city, um, how people navigate the city. Um, there's a great piece by Kathleen Rooney who writes about walking. I mean, she writes a lot of her work is about walking yeah. and the, the idea of the flaneur. Mm-hmm. And so she has a piece about walking the city that's really beautiful. Um, uh, and then this notion of movement, um, because that what, to me was the thing that really um, tied the whole thing together. Uh, Chicago is obviously it's a hub it's always been a transportation hub we've got the railroads we've got now with we've got O'Hare we've got uh, um, trucking and and manufacturing hub but it's also a hub for people you know it is so what everybody says you know famously the city of neighborhoods it's huge immigrant communities Um, and it's also it's not just a city uh, for immigrants from other countries but it is a city that is a, a destination for migrants from all over the region. Um, I actually grew up in Seattle, so I'm not one of them, but you know, there's, this is where, you know, this is where so many people from other Rust Belt cities wind up coming in search of opportunity or some jobs or whatever else that they might not be getting, not be getting um, where they grew up. Yeah. So that runs through these, these two chapters that are about, um, migration and movement and just sort of the flow of people in and out most of them coming in but there's a couple pieces about people going out leaving and going on somewhere else so Mm -hmm. that's kind of of it yeah lots of things to dig into well you mentioned the loose connections and i want to dig into that a little more we need to take a little break here in a second but i think it's interesting because to me i i love anthologies so much and and I think they work the best when those connections are loose. Mm. If they're too tightly I done. agree. I agree. If it's too on the nose or too everyone. Right. If everything fits into an exact same mold. Yeah. I like a loose connection myself. Because yeah, every, it's not like every piece in the book is like, and then the steel mills closed. Right. And mm-hmm. then we, you know, had to, it's not, it's not explicitly addressing this kind of rust belt connection right. about post-industrialization and everything else. Um, it's that they're very uh, elliptical. Yeah. Shall we say. And I think it kind of, it, it, it sort of speaks to the top of the reader's intelligence mm-hmm. and makes them search for what that connection is sometimes when it's not too obvious. Hopefully. Which I, which I think is lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. Lovely stuff. We are talking about the Rust Belt Chicago, sorry, Rust Belt Chicago and Anthology. We're talking about all the work that is in that and all the work that went into it. Its editor, Martha Bain, is here in studio with us and we will continue this conversation here in just a bit. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez back in just a bit on 720 WGN.
720 WGN, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez tonight, hanging out right now in studio. Martha Bain is here. She is the editor of a really phenomenal anthology. I would like you to all go and get it when it comes out shortly. It is called Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology. And we touched on this a little bit, and I, I want to uh, go here and talk about this. But what's cool to me about Belt Publishing is it is so devotedly midwestern and mm-hmm. so devoted to telling stories here that are i think for so long were overlooked and or um you know your time at chicago as a hub it was kind of the place where you cut your teeth in something and then you went to a coast and i got so tired of seeing so many good writers and artists and mm-hmm. actors step up just to depart mm-hmm. and so i admire that that belt is about investing in people that are doing good work right here yeah and it's about um kind of trying to get at more, you know, maybe a more authentic representation of the region and the, what it means to live in the quote unquote Rust Belt, which, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of people think it's sort of a pejorative term, but we were trying to reclaim it. Okay. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yes. Because I Please. just, I'm going to be transparent. Can you explain Rust Belt to me? Rust Belt. What, like, what is it? Yeah. Like, yeah. The Rust Belt is, uh, uh, kind of a, slang vernacular term for the industrial midwest which we at belt define as kind of the band of cities between like buffalo to milwaukee okay so Mm -hmm. um buffalo cleveland youngstown akron detroit flint dips down to pittsburgh like all of the cities that had these really really strong industrial manufacturing bases in the middle of the 20th century and that all kind of got walloped by uh, globalization and the consequent the Thank industrialization. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. And so you mentioned there's a Flint anthology. There's a Flint book. It came out last year. I love our Flint book. I I'm really bet. very pro Flint book. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm very interested in, in because because right now there's just, unfortunately, there's still the same story mm-hmm. of Flint and it's about water. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very interested in how, because in this Chicago one, it's such a beautiful swath of things that really run... Um, neighborhood gamut and voice gamut mm-hmm. and all of that and I, I wonder how that that manifested in Flint in f- the Flint book is was f- really conceived to address that exact question like how do we tell the story of Flint that's be- that goes beyond the story of water mm-hmm. um, there's and there's one piece in the book that explicitly addresses the water crisis it's the last piece and it's beautiful it's just like a personal narrative um, written by a father who's trying to give his daughter, a three-year-old daughter, a bath and being panicking that she's going to like drink the bath water while she's taking a bath and kind of talking about how I never thought this was going to be something I would have to deal with. Um, but the other pieces don't address the water crisis at all. A lot of them are about um, you know childhood growing up, um, their own experiences watching the fortunes of the city wane in the 70s and 80s. Um, they are. Uh, they talk about things like doing an arts project on the riverbank. They talk about. There's a piece about a youth. The, the I'm going to get the name wrong. Um, Flint Youth Theater, the a youth written by the director of a youth theater group in Flint about kind of his experiences doing that. Um, so it covers a wide range of like the artistic and cultural life of Flint, um, as well as the kind of the sad kind of Roger and Me side of things. Yeah. And and what what cities are next? As you as what's next? We are uh, we have a Columbus book in the works. Okay, 
um, that is coming. I don't remember the pub date for that. Um, we're still doing the call for submissions for that. We have a book about Grand Rapids coming mm -hmm. up, which would be really interesting, I think. Grand Rapids is kind of fascinating because of the whole... DeVos factor right oh um, yeah yeah oh, right yeah um but this so this book is explicitly it's called uh Grand Rapids Grassroots and it's really about like local activists and grassroots movements in in Grand Rapids so great I'm really looking forward to seeing that um we also actually just spent the whole day work today working on one of our books that's coming out um later this year which is oh no it's coming out in February sorry it's called what what you are getting wrong about Appalachia Oh, um, and that it, sounds It's awesome. amazing. It's so, so, I mean, I've been, just had my head buried in this book all day. So um, it's a, um, it's basically written as a response to J.D. Vance and Hillbilly yeah. Elegy. And it's the same thing. It's about surfacing like kind of an honest narrative mm -hmm. that doesn't play into um, pre, pre, you know, yeah. sort of preconceived uh, political ideas about, about um, poverty and mm -hmm the ethnic identity, quote unquote, sure. of Appalachia. Um, and it's really, really, really good. Uh, it's by a woman named Elizabeth Caddy. Okay. Cata Caddy, um, who's an Appalachian studies scholar and lives in West Virginia. And she's great. And the book is great. Everybody should buy it. But that's different. That's not in our published, in our anthology series. We have yeah. a whole other series of smaller books that we've been working on that are like what we like to call like novella-sized essays mm -hmm. so they're like novella size but they're not novellas because they're not fiction they're right non-fiction <laughs> they're non-fiction but they're yeah so we had um I don't know if you know Ted McClelland mm -hmm. um he was he his how to speak midwestern yeah. which was a, yeah. about about how to speak midwestern right. you know the kind of vernacular and slang and accent patterns um of around the Great Lakes and into uh Iowa um that was the first book in, in that we did in that series, and that was that was a lot of fun to do. So we're, we're branching out from yes, these city anthologies like into more kind of fun and diverse, I guess, single topic mm -hmm. studies as well. I'm very interested yeah. in that, and I've been trying. I've been <clears> noticing <throat> that popping up this novella sized essay, and I think that is that needs a name. It's it needs a uh, well, it's we, yours to name. Little books. I mean, we're, they're little, little books. books. They're like a hundred like, pages long, and they've got a cute pages. little trim size. And mm -hmm. um, suddenly, I see those, and they're lovely. And they're cheap. They're they're. I mean, they're for the consumer. Yeah, they're easy to do for the publisher. They're they're affordable for the consumer. Mm -hmm. There's something very special and interesting about them. I feel like that genre is yours to name. So I feel oh. like we need, maybe <laughs> we need to name that. <laughs> too late. Too late. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, well, yeah, we're gonna work on that for little you. Little books. We're after the poster. Um, like, you guys can yeah, put that on your to do like, list. Yeah, little big books or something. Yeah, but they're they're pocket books. I mean, they're, they're practically like, pocket yeah. books. Yeah, but um, I think there's an appetite for that because yeah, it's like we see this when something goes very far in one digital direction or one far mass produced direction. That there arises a little need for this something very real mm -hmm. and tangible kind of. We saw this with the way vinyls coming back. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. The more we see Spotify download or Spotify it's playlists. Like it's chat like, book situation it's it feels manageable to me and also exciting to have a little something yeah and it's and you can there it can be impulse buys they can there you Gifts. can you can carry them around with you when you're commuting and they're not going to weigh your bag down right. like that 500 page right. you know novel you know um, what i want to write about i want to write about how many people got 
moved to e-readers at the time when Harry Potter books were coming out. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I think that's what made it. I'm sure. Because adults didn't want to be seen with it because it was originally right. marketed for kids. Right. And I think that kind of sparked a moment in, in digital publishing because people are Agreed. like, I want to not carry yeah. around a thousand page yeah. book. Agreed. <laughs> I think that's really true. I think it is true. And these little books are so interesting because they're definitely, they're longer than anything anyone would read online. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to read long form online. That's what everybody says. Yeah. So, um, but they're, but they're too short to really be under the standard, standard book model right. to be a book on their own. Mm-hmm. So create a new model yeah i'm telling you yeah they're it's great yours to it's yours to name. Fi- okay Not and, in this, and you so don't have to do it this and moment. so those do those tend to the ones that belt publishing does do those also tend to have a regional component or a, a sense of place they yeah they have a sense of place they're focused on the the midwest okay um what which is but more broadly than the rust belt yeah. um i think that we um ted's book covered minnesota and iowa which are definitely what i would consider the the ag midwest not the industrial mm-hmm. midwest um, and then uh, we also had a book by Mark Athatakis, who is a, a literary critic, uh, used to live here. He worked at The Reader yeah. um, when I worked at The Reader. And he um, it, that was kind of an analysis of contemporary Midwestern literature and looking at representations, how the Midwest mm. is represented in contemporary literature. Because, you know, you think Midwestern literature and you think about like... Willa Cather and Theodore Dreiser and all these kind of like hardy peasant people of the heartland. And it's actually a much more um, diverse. It's all good. The beep happens. (laughs) It happens whether we are ready for it Shut up. Stop talking. No, no. It's not Oscar music. It's just letting us know that it is it is now midnight. That's all it's tonight. <gasps> okay. It's letting us know that. It's like that it's like the ball dropping. The ball, it's where, yeah, do I get some confetti it. or something? Yeah. Yes. That, that's what we need. That's we need there is a balloon strip of drop. lights here that sometimes it can light up. Yeah. Oh, oh there it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's Thank a thing you. that can happen. That can happen. <laughs> but we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we are going to continue this conversation about writing, about the Midwest, about voices, about belt publishing, and about Rust Belt Chicago and anthology. Martha Bain is here with us in studio. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez. 720 WGN. Hello. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. We're watching lightning rolling we into are. town. We're going to yeah. keep updating you about it's that really storm and checking in upstairs with yeah. news. Rob will keep us updated. That's a big storm. I mean, it's a it's wide a huge swath storm. of storms, so I hope everybody's... Hunker down, as he like, said. Yeah, he hunker said down. hunker. I like that. Stay put. I Stay like put. That. I did say hunker. I like. I, I like the it. Hunker down. Thing. You did, we and appreciate I appreciate that. it. Reminds me um, of coziness. Hunkering safety. down. Yeah. Yeah. That's safety. Safety. Yeah. Sure. That sounds like a safety. It's not very meteorological, but I think you get the idea. No, right. I, I don't know if idea. skilling would approve. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, he raises the bar. I bring it down quite a bit. Oh. Well, I appreciate it because I'm down there with you. Thank you, Martyr. We'll keep checking in with Rob Martyr for for weather updates as the storm moves through the area. We are here in studio right now. With us is Martha Bain. She is the editor of Rust Rust. I keep saying Rust Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology, which is a really lovely book. What is the actual date where people can go and get it? The pub date for the book is August 10th, and we are having a release party on August 13th at the Hideout. 6 to oh, 9 p.m., man. open to the public. Oh, I love Come the on hideout. down. It's a Sunday. That's going to be a fun party. It's going to be a fun so party. Fun. Yeah. All right. So. I can do and that. And we have I a bunch of that. other events coming up in the next, at the end of August and into September, but I am at a loss to tell you what they are. That's, That's all right. Okay. We can find them on the yeah. website, I'm you sure. You can find them on the website, beltmag.com. Beltmag.com is where we're going to go, and we'll be sure and put a link to that up. 
I'm going to write it down, beltmag.com. We're going to put that up on the website so people can find it, go there, do the things. Um, so digging into this anthology a little bit, I'm, I'm, I, as I opened this, the, this conversation by saying I was immediately struck by the, the gorgeous first line of the introduction that you wrote about Chicago being a city of meat and railroads and steel. And I, I super love that line. But I was also struck by these um, these subheadings, as you were describing a little bit earlier, the um, the process of, of sorting these essays out into, into through lines and, and categories. Um, you have city of migrants, the built city, the divided city, sports break, the living city. And, and I so I wonder how those... Um, you know how those started to take shape and where where those crystallized for you and if that was if there as with anything there's always sacrifices in a book mm -hmm. that you that you don't know if they're the right move until until it's all done and i wonder if you could could speak to that part of it um yes uh let's see where to start um well, as i said as i said this uh, the pieces start grouping themselves into sort of like like with like um and so uh, when they did, when they started, those categories started coalescing, then I went out and tried to supplement them. Mm -hmm. That especially happened um, after the election when I had a complete crisis. I was like, this book is terrible. <laughs> and I have to go and I wanted to kind of figure out how to make it um, somehow more relevant to the sort of like what felt like a radically changing and unstable uh, culture, especially here in the Rust Belt, which all of a sudden was front page news every mm -hmm. single day right. in the wake of the election. Um, so... I, and some, a lot of the migration pieces and movement pieces were ones that I solicited after the fact because that was one of the things that really came together for me, this idea of Chicago as a magnet for people moving through the Rust Belt from other areas and then moving out to, to, to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that. But the other pieces, like I said, I think that I was really looking to, uh, on some level, problematize the way people think about the quote-unquote Rust Belt. I didn't want it to just be about the the sort of you know classic economic uh, depression, yeah. un unemployed steel worker, decline of manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. Like so, I was looking to see what these other commonalities were. Um, some of them are are you know some of them are lovely, like the ones about the some of them about the ecosystem. Um, some of them are not so lovely. There's a couple of pieces in there in the section called the conflicted city that specifically speak to uh, Chicago's uh, entrenched legacy of segregation mm -hmm. and police violence specifically against African-Americans. Um, there's a great piece in there um, that's probably the most journalistic piece in the collection by Yana Kunikoff and Sarah McAreg um, called How to Win Reparations. And it's basically an analysis of the Chicago activist fight to get reparations for victims of police torture over the last however long that struggle went on. Um, and that is something that's definitely kind of uh, instructive and prescriptive for other people in the Rust Belt. It's just something that cities like Cleveland and Detroit are, you know, yeah. stuck with as well. Sure. Um, so, so that's something that's not necessarily a rust, rusty issue, but it's something that is shared in common across the region. Yeah. Well, and you anything up, that's a great migration city has this this yeah. legacy to contend with. Exactly. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, you bring up neighborhoods and, and Chicago is so because of geography, so horribly segregated mm -hmm. and just the way we can blame Burnham, we can blame anybody. Yeah. I mean, there's it's just the way the geography of the city is. And so that's just this continual theme. So I wonder how did you address that balance of neighborhood of of 
because there's not just one Chicago. There no, are many Chicago. There are many, many Chicago's. I will say that I think this book is interestingly South Side skewed. Um, when I started looking at it, I was like, there's not a lot about the North Side in here, which is fine. North Side's gotten tons well, of Well, that's play. what I was going to say. The North Side gets all <laughs> it's the play. Gets, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we know. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I really wanted to, to get as many neighborhood, different neighborhoods represented as possible. I don't think I completely succeeded because um, there are, what, 70 different neighborhoods mm-hmm. in Chicago, something like that. So, um, uh, but there's, well, like one piece, there's a piece by um, this woman named Linda Garcia Merchant who wrote about Roseland, about growing up in Roseland. That's beautiful, beautiful um, essay. It's, it's actually up on the website as an excerpt on mm-hmm. the Belt website right now. Um, and it talks a lot about segregation and about shifting demographic patterns, and it's just really lovely. Um, but there's other pieces that are just like was a was a really cute. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's a, a lovely little little short piece about shopping for bread on Devon Avenue. Mm. You know, like here's how you here's where you can go buy bread on Devon Avenue, and these are the things that you learn about different the different people selling bread on Devon Avenue. Sure. Um, the thing that was really surprising to me, you asked me this earlier. Mm-hmm was that I'm not a, I'm not exactly what one would call a sports fan. Okay. Some of my favorite pieces in the book are the sports pieces. There are three essays and a poem, poem by Kevin Koval, and three essays by David Isaacson, Paul Daling, and Paul Durica that are all about um, Chicago sports culture. And they're all really great and not... Tradition, not what I would think of as traditional sports writing. Um, not that I, I got, I got, I'm not an expert on sport, right, sure. sports writing, but um, they're great. Then they, they they think they really speak to this notion of um, kind of trying to dig into stereotypes about Chicago sports and Chicago sports culture. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Well, no, no, keep going. Keep say the thing. <laughs> I <laughs> the thing. Well, no, I but. Uh, <laughs> The theme that I'm that I keep coming back to here is with even talking about the the books for other cities, the Flint anthology, mm-hmm. the other ones, and even the way you're breaking down neighborhoods and your approach to each essay here in this book. It seems like it's always um, the, there's a through line of there is n- of perhaps subverting a dominant narrative a little bit of there not being just the one story of Flint. There are many, many right. stories of Flint long before it was about water. And it's all, it, it, to me, it's kind of taking a look at second and third stories floating around the main one, perhaps just under the surface. Definitely. It's kind of a theme with, with a lot of what you're saying about this. I think this I, I kind of talked about that a little bit in the intro. Yeah. Um, about the notion of just like a lot of people kind of, I use the bird using the there's a big bird on the cover of the book Mm -hmm. um and so talking about the metaphor of the bird singing and like maybe there's a lot of birds singing different songs about Chicago and sometimes it's kind of a cacophony Mm -hmm. but sometimes it all comes together so and works quite well we're talking with Martha Bain she's the editor of Rust Belt Chicago an anthology from Belt Publishing you can read an excerpt from it at beltmag.com we're going to take a little break and come back in just a bit Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez back in just a bit on 720 WGN all of us online wgnradio.com 
Hello, I'm Nick Offerman. I'm taking my show, Full Bush, on the road and subjugating an audience to my humor at the Chicago Theater. I love Chicago, Illinois. Their state bird, the Northern Cardinal. And you might not believe this, but the last time I was there, I slept in a Masonic bunker deep beneath the pitcher's mound of Wrigley Field. Live Friday, December 1st. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. It's hard to find one company for reliable, highly rated interior and exterior services for your home. That's why we created Green Tea Services. Service to a green tea. Hi, Tonya Corey from my family business that offers an enormous range of quality home services. Carpet or floor need cleaning? Think green tea. Air ducts need cleaning? Think green tea. Need new windows, a new deck, or patio? Think green tea. Over 27,000 customers already trust our famous lawn care and landscaping services. Service to a green tea. Look for the big green letter T on top of our trucks with our trusted, highly trained staff. So when your next project comes up inside or outside your home, think green tea. You'll save a lot of green too. Call 800-5-GREEN-TEA. Green tea services. Service to a green tea. 800-5-GREEN-TEA. 800-5-GREEN-TEA. See all we offer at greenteaservices.com. Are you a taxpayer deep in debt to the IRS? If so, then listen carefully to this special public announcement. Due to consumers facing difficulty in the ongoing U.S. economic downturn, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from individuals who owe back taxes. Participation in special initiatives by the IRS can reduce your payments by thousands of dollars. A special hotline has been established by National Tax Credit Group to enroll suffering citizens during this crisis. Call the special service hotline to see if you qualify for this historic relief opportunity during the ongoing economic downturn. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone. 800-519-6164. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, you may now qualify for substantial relief. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements, resulting in some tax debts being reduced by thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify for your reduction, call this new special service hotline now. 800-519-6164. 800-519-6164. That's 1-800-519-6164. Wake up and watch the new WGN-TV Early Morning News with Lauren Jiggetts and Dan Ponce. Traffic with Sarah Jindra and weather with Morgan Kochmeyer. Weekdays 4 to 6. Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez, hanging out with you. We are going to keep you updated on this weather that's rolling through the area. We'll keep checking in up in the newsroom and update you on the latest with that. But it is a big, wide swath of weather. It's if you look huge. at the radar, it's a it's a and big old at this spot of weather. Moment, it is not actually. Raining. It's not raining, but there's, there's a lot some of lightning. lightning bouncing around buildings here. Yeah. So it's beautiful in a way. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's late. Just stay in. Just, yeah, we're on the top floor. It's fine. We'll be fine. There's two layers of glass. We're fine. We're fine. I I have long said, this studio right here on Michigan Avenue is the best place in the world to watch people and weather. I have watched blizzards. I have watched a blizzard as well. I have watched beautiful sunrises and sunsets. I have watched many weather phenomena happen right here. And I've seen lots of crazy people do crazy things right here. It's true. Outside of this window. So it's excellent people watching. All right. We are hanging out with Martha Bain. She is the editor of Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology, and many, many other things. She does lots of things. If you've read work 
ever you've probably read something she did <laughs> yeah she's done a lot of stuff if you've ever read a book she probably did something she with had it. something to do with it <laughs> every book every book if ever. you look at <laughs> all of the books uh, if all you look on books. amazon it's just martha bay martha bay, martha bay. <laughs> lots of martha bay she does a lot of stuff works on many many things but this particular anthology i'm really excited about it is Essays, journalism, fiction, poetry, with a ton of Chicago writers in it that you definitely want to get. The book is coming out on August the 10th. They have a release party happening at the hideout on the 13th. We should all go to that. I want to go. I love the hideout, and I, I, I love this idea. I love the artwork and the opening sentence. I love it all. Come, come to the party. Yeah, be there'll be a DJ. We'll have a bunch of people reading very short snippets. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's, there's also plenty of time to drink beer and talk to people. Hang yeah. out, do the things. That's yeah. good. That's going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun It's going to be a fun party. party. And I'm very glad that it's snippets because sometimes release parties, you're like, oh, that person's been reading for 27 minutes. Yeah. And I there's actually didn't want come. anybody to read at the party and I was talked out of it. I was like, no reading. Well, because there's also, there's 52 people in the yeah. book. So I didn't know how to pick them. How to, how do you pick? I don't um, know. How did you I pick? didn't. I let somebody else okay, do it. I, I absolved myself of any <laughs> responsibility. So if anybody's listening and you're not, it, was yeah, not my, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Um, yeah. So, but we, and we also have all these other events scheduled. So we're trying to spread the wealth around. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I, I joke and say, if there's ever a book, you had something to do with it. But you really you, are doing a yeah. lot of stuff. And you have a ton of things um, planned that are on the horizon. It's Will you true. tell us about those things? Um, well, the... The biggest one, which is and also the furthest one away on the horizon, is what we were talking about in terms of doing another book for Belt that's a um, that's more of a neighborhood specific book. Um, Belt has done a uh, what will soon be a series of two books called neighborhood guidebooks. They did one on Cleveland, and we have one on Detroit that's coming out at the end of August. Um, so. I would really love to do a Chicago yeah. book, and we've been talking about it tentatively, hoping to get it out sometime in you know early 2018, maybe. And that would be really, they're not really guidebooks. They are, again, collections of essays. This one would just be collections of essays, no fiction, no poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, essays by people who grew up in different neighborhoods in Chicago, who have some connection to different neighborhoods from Chicago. Um, it's a really great way to, to, I think, really get at the scope and diversity of the city. Um, I, I, when I get excited about it, and I start think, oh, this person can write that neighborhood, and this person can write that one. So that's kind of fun. And and would you specifically find people that grew up in certain neighborhoods, or could could people that you don't have to you don't have to grow from okay. up there. You have to have some. You have to something to say. You have, you have to something to, to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, about it. That's wow. interesting. I'm just trying to think of which one I would want to do. Yeah, like if I were to be if you were going to represent yeah which, yeah where yeah where would where would you represent it would be and it's interesting being from here there are names of neighborhoods that i never knew like when we were growing up there wasn't a like someone was saying you know you uh, east Ukrainian village, Ukrainian mm-hmm. village. It wasn't, we never, we just said the street names mm-hmm. over there by Kimball and Bryn Mawr, we mm-hmm. would say, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I would do that area. I spent a lot of time at Kimball and Bryn Mawr, and I, and it has changed, of course, but I have very, very fond memories of, um, the delis and things like that. And then when I was like a, a a middle schooler it started uh korean people started to come and so you had a mixture then of course of people and growing up and and realizing that oh neighborhoods change mm-hmm. like i i didn't know that i thought oh once somewhere stays you know no no and so then i got to learn about korean people and korean food that i never you know next door to my grandma and i i cherish that because i 
I was exposed to certain things in that yeah. hood. And I think that I think that neighbor like you just about any subject can serve as kind of a lens for looking mm-hmm. at a lot of different issues. So you look at the question of neighborhood change and you you look at history, you look at segregation, you look at migration, you look at gentrification, you look at politics, you look at um, crazy um, even just you look at vocabulary and the way like developers and real estate people start giving fancy new names right. to neighborhoods that never were called that right. before. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so yeah, I think it could be I think it could be really fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. So between now and then, I'm doing a lot of other things as well. Because that's what you do. You do yeah. many books and many things. Yes. Well, um, we're excited for all those things. What's coming up next? First next. The first very next, next thing, yes. if I can plug something Please. that doesn't have anything to do with Rust Belt Chicago, um, is I'm working on a, a music and theater festival that's August 3rd, no, 4th, 5th, and 6th at uh, Lynx Hall at Constellation. It's called Closed Casket, the... Oh no, I'm so tired. I That's can't okay. remember the title. Hold on Close a second. We've, we've kept you out late. No, 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 it's okay. No, no. It's okay. I have a flyer. She's got a flyer. <coughs> got a flyer. This is going to work. Close casket, work. the complete final and absolutely last Baudelaire in a box, which is a collection <laughs> of it is it's insane. It's a 3-hour long marathon production of all of these um uh pieces of basically Baudelaire poems translated from French into English or Spanish couple of them are still in French most of them are in English some of them are in Spanish set to music performed by musicians from Chicago what? Puerto Rico uh, North Carolina New York Los Angeles and then paired with um, what's called a cranky which is a, a, a cantastoria which is an old sort of uh, visual technique for telling a story telling a visual story so there are these beautiful paintings painted on scrolls that go by as the as the musicians are playing and singing the songs, and it's sounds. kind of like a very very low tech music video. I mean, it sounds Bosworth. We're, we're going to go. You, guys, you have to come. It sounds like it's, it's going to be amazing. It's over three days. Three days. Our, the the first night is three shows that have never been done before in Chicago. Um, two from Puerto Rico, that are amazing. I have to say, I can't wait to see these two shows from San Juan, and one from North Carolina. Saturday is that completely insane day when we start at eleven o'clock in the morning and end at noon at midnight. That's going to be a great day. It's, it's going to be a, a good day. It's going to um, be a long day, food but is it's pro- going to be awesome. Food yeah. is provided. Wow. And um, so tickets are 20 bucks. Tickets are um, to the first. It's so complicated. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Friday night's 20 bucks. Saturday is 50. Food included. Lunch and dinner okay. all day oh. long. That's a good deal. And yeah, that is Sunday a good deal. is $15. And it is um, all the basically all the Baudelaire poems that no one ever wanted to do before so it's kind of the dregs <laughs> and I am performing a song oh. I do not usually do I'm not a performer by practice well so what day is your, your Sunday. Thing? That's I, Sunday that's when we're gonna we're go. gonna be at that one come to all of them well we're oh, gonna we anyway yeah. and so it, uh, you can find out more about this show by going to theateroublek.com it's Ublek theater Ublek. of course yeah. it is so yeah. we're gonna have this up on the website so people can find awesome. out all about this so after if uh, we're gonna have this up on a podcast and we're gonna have links to all this because this is very cool it's this, literally happening in three weeks I'm having a anxiety attack right now yes talking but about I it. know from the little I know it's gonna you, be great. you're gonna get it done <laughs> and it's gonna be great you are one of the I, I get this about you because I'm the same way when you have all all the plates in the air is when you're you're there's, at your best there's a lot of plates right right that. now spinning and here is another this this little flyer that you yeah. just handed us that's another thing that's very frameable yes yeah, oh yeah we have posters we do have posters ah, that. Ah, 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 you can get one tomorrow night <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going 
You can get one tomorrow night at Ouija's when okay. we're having a last minute fundraiser for closed casket. Okay. Um, which is, um, it's, and it's uh, very casual. Come, $20 suggested donations, support the show, help us. You know how expensive it is to fly 25 people here from yes. Yes, all I over the country, imagine. including Argentina. We have someone coming from Argentina. Probably not a, a cheap Southwest yeah. last minute not deal. A, no. So yeah. we're just trying to do one more little publicity. It's, it's, it's a promotional event and also a, a fundraiser. I think it'll be really fun. We're going to raffle off a pair of festival passes. Oh. This is exciting. It's yeah. exciting. It's you so do exciting, exciting she, You are, um, you could be, for me, my own personal wish mayor for the city. Wish a what? What is that? My, what? It, it means that I wish you were the mayor. Oh, okay. Oh, I, don't, I really don't want to be the mayor. <laughs> I know you don't. But in <laughs> my mind, like I'm like, this idea. would be great. <laughs> it would be a far more creative city. Yes, that's for that's sure. What that's what I'm saying. That's we what I'm saying. have been talking with Martha yeah. Bain, who, as I said, does lots of things. And I think I have just proven <laughs> that I was telling the truth with that. Um, go to beltmag.com. So that's where all the belt publishing stuff can be found. You can read about Rust Belt Chicago, an anthology that she edited. Lots of beautiful work from lots of beautiful Chicago writers in there and all kinds of other stuff that you are working on. And we're going to put a link up to this awesome. cool event that this closed casket event. And I'm probably going to get the poster and frame it. Let's it's not really, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful poster. It's lovely. I'm going to put this poster on my I'm gonna take a picture of it right now okay. and put it up on Instagram because it's Sweet. lovely yep thank you so much for being with us thank you for having thank me you. braving the storm and whatnot yeah. to be with yeah, us. But, but, but so far so good so far so good there's maybe a lot I, of lightning. maybe I can get home before last night we pouring. had lightning sound effects yeah we have it for real yeah that's what we're doing okay we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna get to news and all that good stuff back in just a bit here on 720 WGN Seven twenty WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth, and we're hanging out. We were just hanging out with Martha Bain, who I've been a fan of hers for a long time, but this was the first time I've ever met her. Yeah, and that was brilliant. She's a spectacular she's, person. I know. I want to be best friends with her. I want to just know. I mean, she's got so many projects, and here's the thing: there's people who have a lot of projects, and some of them sound. Yeah, all of hers. I know. Sound like books I want to read, parties I want to go to, yep. and people I want to know. Not just parties you want to go to, but like the kind of party where you want to go get an outfit for it. Yes. And and are excited to actually go instead of, oh, I got to go to this thing. It's right. like, no, I'm going to this thing. I'm going to meet some cool people and I'm going to yeah. wear. And it's going to be so She fun. also had great shoes. Right away, I was like, oh my God, look at your cool red shoes. There's she's, she's listening right now going like, that's, they are weird. They are. Well, we are. <laughs> we are. And the shoes were great. Were um, great I shoes. like a red shoe. Yeah. If you, if you can pull off a red shoe, you, you got it going on. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. It makes me want, all the stuff she was talking about makes me want to, um, A, I've been sitting on writing for a while. I haven't, I've been writing more opinion mm. lately yeah. for the last couple of years and haven't written as much fiction or I haven't, I should say I haven't published as much fiction. I've been writing it, but yeah. just not finishing it or getting it out in the world. But it makes me want to write an anthology, essay, fiction, something. Well, what kind? Or not write, edit. Yeah. You know? So tell me about your ideas. Like what would you do if someone said, hey, you have to write the, an anthology right now. Um, okay, so so the two I want to do, okay. well, there's like five I really, okay, well, really want to do. I want to know about them. But the two I think burning a hole in my pocket the most okay. are, I want to call one Death by a Thousand Cuts right. about women in the workplace because everybody I know has a story about getting hosed yep. or getting like ma thinking you're totally crazy. Um, gaslit, all that stuff. Absolutely. You're yep. like, oh, I'm, I must be doing this wrong. When, right. When it's fat. No, it's no, not you. it's right. not you. It's culture. And so many really accomplished women I know have 
a story like yes that. so I would I'd love to do that anthology um, and then I I'm really interested in I don't know the name of this but it's okay. it's there's a certain kind of trip you take. Unfortunately, I think it kind of got co-opted by the Eat, Pray, Love yes. crowd. And so people call it like, oh, that's your Eat, Pray, Love trip. But once in a while, you go on a big trip. Yes. And you you are changed for having gone on it. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're changing when you're like those. I want, I want that. I think travel writing is fascinating. And I would love to do that, particularly around women and traveling alone. So I had this idea because I was standing at the top of Table Mountain in South, South Africa, Africa with my good friend, and we and we timed it so because on Table Mountain you're standing above the clouds. Yes, someone you're, was telling me about this. You're in fact I think one or two Willis Towers above the clouds. So we timed it to see the sunset from above the sunset, which was oh my gosh. Wait, wait. Cool. Let's let's say yeah. it again. You timed it to see the sunset. From above the sunset. Now, my so, mind is blown here. So you're on this big mesa. Ma- mesa. Okay, I know it. I can get that. And it's very cool because because it's not a mountain, nothing rolled down it and nothing got up it. And so it's flat on top and it's its own little ecosystem up there that never really evolved. There's plants and creatures that aren't what? anywhere else on... This is magic. There's a couple of spots in South Africa like that that just didn't... This so is magic. There's a creature... There's something like it in, I think, the maybe Australia, maybe Tasmania. Okay. Um, it, it looks like a large hamster, but it is a relative oh, yeah. of the pachyderm. The, uh, Ibera or... Um... No, not those. Oh. It is called a dassy. Oh. They're very cute. But they, they're... How big? Um, like a dog. Like, oh. Not like a purse dog. But like a, you know, like a dog, like my, the dog I'm house sitting. Or I don't know. I've never seen that. Dog. Oh, yeah. It's the size of like a two year old. It's yeah. a big creature. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. And they're very cute. Okay. And there's cool plants that sort of look like if if a dandelion okay. became a tree. This is like. Like Lorax. Some kind of, stuff. of magic world. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park type of a situation. <laughs> kind of. There are yeah. some prehistoric ancestors of other plants in South Africa. It's and, and just beautiful foliage there anyway. And so I there we are. We're And it's like San Francisco, like the clouds roll in. So they call it the tablecloth because it rolls across the mountain. I like it's table it. Mountain. Yes, yes. And, and the, the clouds roll through and suddenly you realize you're above the clouds. And what does that feel like? It's fascinating because it's it, your your brain recognizes it as I've flown over these before, right? You've sat in a in an aircraft and seen that and looked below, down on the yes. But this is there and they're right there. There's not it's not a out a window. It's right there in front of me, and I watch them move. And I've and, and it's silent and it's beautiful up there. So we're standing up there, and the clouds come in, and and people kind of gradually stop talking, and everyone's just standing there totally silently. Yeah. And the sun starts going down into the clouds okay. like in a toaster. I'm like going to cry. Oh, I was weeping. Yeah, it's so beautiful sounding. I was absolutely crying because it was so moving it's and like beautiful. It's like epic. Well, and so she and I had this conversation about, um, I don't even know where we started, but she and I talk about, like we start in the deep end all the time. Mm-hmm. We very as well. Very little end. small talk with yeah. us. We just go right to it. And And one of us made a joke about, because there's a little cafe up there, and so there you can kind of buy like a little picnic basket and champagne, and people are, you know, having little romantic moments. And I was like, oh, maybe next time we should come back with dates, right? <laughs> and she was like, first she, you know, I think I said it, and then, and then there was a long pause, and then she was like, yes, but this transcends that. 
This is bigger than right. romance. This is this is this even transcends a cathedral. This is something even beyond that. I I agree. It sounds um yes, it sounds like an a, a another level of um an experience. It sounds sacred. It was. You know, it was really beautiful. It sounds sacred. Where where you you know, and I I, I don't I don't go too down too far down the woo woo. Yeah, me neither. But but there it was and you're like, this is magical and beautiful right. and, and there's so much of that in in South Africa, especially in Cape Town and nearby it. There's just beautiful stuff that you're like, how is this this earth? It's so gorgeous here. See, when I hear you say that, it makes me want to travel. But uh, I am not, I don't, uh, yes, I like it when people describe experiences that are so um, beautiful to them and so moving. It makes me want to go there. Versus if I see pictures, I'm like, oh, that's 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 pretty. If I saw a picture of Table, you know, Table Mountain, I'd say, oh, that's really beautiful. But hearing someone who has been there and their visceral experience to it makes me want to go there. Oh. Totally, it's, and other places too that people have been. When they, um, someone was describing uh, Vietnam mm. and how green and the colors of green, and I was like, I want to go there. So I, when I hear, and so when I hear like Martha and other people explaining things, mm-hmm. I'm that kind of a learner. Mm-hmm. Where I, where, where, it, um, I, I can really relate when someone has that visceral experience. I interviewed a woman on the air who, um, she did the four desert marathons oh. and little tiny tiny thing i mean tiny tiny woman right and they're 155 miles each and you have to carry all of your food and water with you and you have seven days to do it and i'm fascinated by the I've go humans go yes. stuff i yes. love the i love that kind of stuff because it's all mental i've done marathons it's totally mental yeah i, I would all... love to do an ultra but i've only done a marathon would you like to run in the desert I don't know about Did that, she, okay. but she did the Atacama Desert. Where I, it's in South America, okay. Which I really, really want to do. Okay, and so she did that one. She did the Gobi Desert. Mm. She did the uh, Sahara, yeah. I think, or no, oh, Death Valley. But then there's something that technically is a desert, but it's in Antarctica. So there's you're freezing in that. I mean, she had all these fascinating stories, and she was, re- but she was talking about it the way I talk about Table Mountain, even though she was in mortal danger more than once on right, these trips. Right, but isn't that interesting? There's something very transcendent about doing that kind of stuff. It, it I agree and I I think, you know, my I have the um I have one experience like that. Where were you? I was in the desert in California. Okay. A friend, I was in LA. A friend said, "Come with me into the desert." You should probably say no to Well, <laughs> I probably should have. I was in my 20s. Okay. I was very um, whatever. I was yeah. in my 20s. And she said, we're going to the desert. Sure. I said, okay. Away she was my go. friend. She was from England. Maybe that helped me. I don't know. She sounded calm. So we went. We went to the desert. <laughs> English accents are persuasive. It, it Totally. <laughs> she was like, we, it's Sarah. We're going to the desert. Yes, we are. So I said, okay. So I even drove. So there we go into the desert. And she, we come to a little house like a, a ranch style house okay. with, in the middle of the desert, a lot of land. And you go into this house. And I said, what are we doing? She said, we are going, she said in British accent, we are going to be with the wolves. <laughs> oh boy. I said, um, <coughs> excuse me, wolves. Is that a band? Or uh, what yeah. <laughs> she said, no, this, this is a, a wild wolf preserve. Oh. And I said, okay, here here we go. So we <laughs> enter into this house, and the people there explain, we have rescued wolves from Aww. movie sets 
and from, you know, things like that where they're being mistreated and we bring them to this sanctuary in the middle of the desert. Sign this piece of paper saying if the wolves kill you, you will not sue us. Your family will not I was sue saying, us. You well, can't you sue. can't sue it. You're not going to do anything. <laughs> you can haunt them. <laughs> You might haunt them, sure. but yeah, I mean, I, so anyway, so we get in there and all of a sudden, um, it, they take us into the backyard and they're like, go ahead. And so a it's like a big yard of wolves. Huge yard of wild, real wolves. I love wolves. They're, look, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a dog size. Oh no, they're big. Um, They're big. I, I Closer to like a pony. Uh, I stood it stood to to my ribs and I didn't know what I could not move were they affectionate okay wolves because they these these have been on movie sets they have so they're trained but they had been away from the sets for a while these were so they're going back to the wild so like they would nip you in the leg yes one got me in the leg and then one, um, they would come up to you. They they have a very distinct smell. This musty, huh. it, it, it is like nothing else I've ever experienced. And it's quiet because I didn't, wasn't going to say anything. I mean, I'm not no. talking. I'm not going to be the one to trigger all the wolves But it was very um, sacred in a way and oh. also very moving sure. to see them. Uh, and they make and they howl i mean they were howling wolves and right was, there yes wow they just would stand and howl <laughs> it was the most so what happened to me was i just started to cry sure i couldn't believe i was with these creatures that i had never seen in my life up close without glass in between right. and i thought well if i don't die this, this is, is going to be great, great. <laughs> but if I do, but if I do, then I'm dead. So there um, are worse ways to go. But it was so magical and scary, and that's the thing. I was afraid, but I thought, you know what? This is majestic. I'm going to take it in. I'm going to breathe, and we're going to be okay. And I was, and you were, and you're here now. I'm here now. On that note, yep. we are going to take a little break. Great, Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. <laughs> 720 WGN, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez talking about all kind of stuff. Before the break, we were talking about how you hung out with wolves. Yeah. So, so, um, the wolves were, that's a cool story. They were, they were, um, like I said, the smell wasn't a bad smell. It was just a smell I had never smelled. I've never been around a wolf, so I don't know. Um, it is this musky odor. Like not like a regular no, it's not, dog that it's needs not a bath. It's not unpleasant. Okay. It is sort of, it's just primal. That's okay. the only way I can describe it. Right. And I remember, I remember what I was wearing and I, and I remember the nip and I thought, oh, and I thought just breathe. So when the, okay, when the wolf nipped at you, mm-hmm. was it like a lunge bite, like puppies play or was it just like a playful, slow? Yes. Okay. Playful, playful and slow. Okay. And you I weren't was, in danger. Well, okay. It was one of these things. Yeah. I was like, Heidemann's looking at that monitor. That means he's got a sound effect cooking. That, you know Always what? ready. Always ready. Always <laughs> Thank ready. You, Thank you, sir. I I thought to myself, what do and I do? And you said they were howling. Oh. Like right there yeah. around them. Yeah, exactly. So were they barking too or just howling? They were doing, they would do a little both. Like a like a wolf howl. They don't just. It's, it's beautiful. It I mean, starts, it's like a heartbreaking kind of sound. It starts like a bark and then goes into this high pitched head back. And so wow. I, I went into, you know what happens to me in those moments? I go into like a trance. I really do. I mean, and not a, in a really weird way, but a sort of, I mean, I'm still walking around and stuff, but I got really still inside because yeah. I thought. Take this in, 
And I also thought they will sense if I am so frenetic. They'll know. Yeah. And I don't want that. Have you ever been around horses? Horses are that way. Like they know if you're freaked out. Yes. So I had to breathe. Like it was very meditative to be around these wolves. And I also thought... Well, I don't think that's a trance. I think that's how we're that? supposed to be. Oh. I think we're supposed to be that mellow. So present and present. present. Right. Oh, see? I think you're onto something I think that's there. our default setting and oh. the rest of the stuff. That's why I'm always like griping about chronic busyness. Yeah. Because I think it pulls us away from a center. Yeah. Where we're, I'm not saying we're supposed to be like blissed out with like shells around right. our neck or whatever. Right. But like, I think we get away from, it's the thing we were talking about last night where like you're, people don't say the thing. They make small talk. They... They cover yes, with them, you know. Yes, we just run. We run and run and run until until we can't run anymore, until something, for me, pulls my attention and is yeah. like, hey, pay, hey, you know, come see the wolves. Chill That's out. Cool. I want to see wolves now. I wonder if there's a wolf preserve here oh, in Chicago. Oh, I'm sure there are. And let me just tell you something. Would you go back? Oh, man. <laughs> you have to think about that. I, I would go back. Yeah. I would be afraid, but I would know that... Um, it was so magnificent that it's worth it. Wow. If, if yes. Okay, w- here's a question. Yeah. Did you get in a shark cage? No. No? No. You know why? Mike, would you get in a... Would you get in a shark cage? Uh, 100%. I've, I've yeah. actually been thinking about doing this, and it sounds so exhilarating, okay. but also frightening as hell. So you guys would both do it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I you want to. brave. I mean, you're in a cage. You're in a cage. What's going to happen? I mean, I theoretically could jump over the top and come in and kill you, but whatever. That's nothing. That's fine. Okay. It's the risk right. you're willing see, to take. See, see, because there's something about shark. Maybe it's just my pre, you know, my notion about sharks versus wolves. I don't know. I I um mm. I was snorkeling in Mexico a long time ago, like gosh, in the late '90s, and kind of got separated from the group a little bit, and not far, but okay. they were over there. I'm I could a see them. Film. Okay. No, and I saw a. And I kept going back under because it was so beautiful. The water's so clear and lovely. And I saw the shark um, shadow on the sand in front of me. And I was like, oh, there's a, a big ass shark behind me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to, same thing with you and the wolves. I will slowly swim yes. in the direction and and try not to look like a seal or otter yes. and get eaten. And then I realized he's kind of by me. He's a baby shark. Okay. It was just a big shadow. And I was like, okay, so he's swimming around me a little. And I'm like, oh, he wants to play. That's not accurate, but that's what I thought. (laughs) Right. Well, that probably saved you in some ways. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fun. So I I just kind of like patted at him and he, I've like, goof. I mean, he's right there. He's in front of me. Okay. You're the only person I know that has pet a shark. (laughs) I just petted him. I just rubbed I his belly. Him. I was like, okay. he's kind of cute. He's All a baby. Right. Uh, and he kept, okay. <laughs> I was at a shark bite noise. Okay. And he went around me a couple times. I love that biting noise. And I, and I just kept like petting you your own show. Like the, you know. And I don't know. I just thought. The shark petter. He's so nice. He That's seems true. sweet. And and then I thought, oh, well, well, there's a baby shark. There's probably a mama shark. So I should probably yes. split. There's probably a family and shark. And so I petted his belly again. And I patted him up by the fin. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to go. Ooh. And then he just, I swam and he swam. Okay. We're still. Yeah, there's the bite. <laughs> the first, the bite. <laughs> Good oh times. Oh, my gosh. Good times. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> good. We probably got to go to news Yes, or we something. do. It's one, so we should go to news. Do that. a good jam that we this, don't hear nearly enough i'm surprised i mean you know so much about music i'm surprised someone your age knows this i heard this song 
when I was at a metal show, and what? and Wait. when they were clearing out the audience, they played <laughs> this song. And it was I, so good by Chuck Van Halen. They, <laughs> I was like, they what clearly did it song? on purpose. Oh yeah, so people and left. People leave. And then it, it went on for like eight minutes, and I'm like, I it's need to know song. what this song is. And I need to use it for a bump. I'm really impressed that yeah. you know that Thank song. Thank you very much. I the other pop culture hit that this song has received <laughs> in addition to being our bump music tonight yeah. is that um, Chuck Mangione is um, on King of the Hill a lot. He's like a character that pops up a lot. <laughs> oh, they talk about him? Totally All the is. time. Like at one point he's in, they have like a Walmart equivalent on that show called yeah. the Megalomart and he get, he's like living in the Megalomart. I love that show. He's living in like one of the aisles too. <laughs> and I love it. Is <laughs> I love he you know alive that. in real life? I don't know. He I'd is alive. Yeah, he just played a show. Oh, here he is right now. Oh, he's he in, the in the studio. Can you imagine? Let's get him. Is there a better song than this, though? No. No. This ah, is the on. grocery store song. Yes. Yes. No. I remember I this saw, in the 80s. I saw... This is also the, like, Walk of Determination in movie movies, song. Yes. Of, like... I'm going to make it the, today. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm doing I'm it I'm not going to take this. I'm, I'm going to go fix this right now. I'm going to get on the love boat, <laughs> and I'm going to sail. <laughs> totally that. Fantasy Island next. Yes. It's totally that, but, like, uplifting, empowered montage you know of what? one music. I actually really like it. It's a great song. <laughs> like, for real. It's like, I would listen song. in my car. It's you know what? Song. I'm getting very old. It's it's the same thing as uh, Kenny G. He got this, like, horrible no. stigma around him. But the thing is, he's a really good saxophone player. He actually is a good saxophone player. I think... His I just know the one Kenny G song, so I can't really comment. Sing it, Amy. No. But here's what I would like to tell you. Yeah. I was at a karaoke event. Okay. And someone got up and started singing this song. But you can't, there's no words. Exactly. He was How? making the horn noise. Was he going, noise. Yes, he was. He got up and did it, and immediately everybody knew what he was doing. So he's a genius. Yes. <laughs> He, he got needs up, a recording contract. And he like went and said something to the karaoke oh my gosh, he had, he, DJ person. Yes. And the guy laughed. And he was like, we got an acapella song for you next yeah. from Steven or whatever his name was. This is fantastic. And he gets up and he starts making the noise, the horn noise with his mouth <laughs> and did the entire song. And it was so funny. I don't think that guy paid for a drink the rest of the night because everybody was like, oh, yeah. Well, that guy, high five to you, bro. He's a saint. He needs his own show mm-hmm. called I, I Make Music With My Mouth. <laughs> I hope he bought that domain. Yeah. I make music with my mouth. I've never heard of a karaoke singer not do a song. Oh, God. It was the funniest thing. I mean, that guy is a genius. It could have been Will Ferrell you were seeing. It was not Will Ferrell. Okay. Totally the wrong race of dude to be Will Ferrell. but it's not Will Ferrell. (laughs) Um, But I'm telling you right now, I'm really appreciative that you played this music. Because you know why? Gets me in a good mood. Also, it's been playing for like seven minutes. (laughs) It's been a good 340 that we're we're going on to. I would actually like it through the whole show, the rest of the show. Can you imagine? It becomes soundtrack. They were like, the show was really good, except there was like Chuck Mangione for like an hour. (laughs) Yes, we did it on purpose, listeners. Anyway, thank you for playing that. Absolutely. I really love it. That it reminds good. me of my the good times in the AMP store. Oh, walking down AMP. with my little what high waters. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite thing was I we had an AMP, I wore corduroy high waters. Yeah. And I just would strut down the aisles. <laughs> and the problem with me was I mean, I had a lot of problems, but one of them was I would always have to go to the restroom when we went into the frozen food aisle. It somehow triggered that. Okay. So I'd be walking and I'd be like, oh no, oh no. And th- 
there was always the weirdest bathrooms in grocery stores. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Back in the day, you'd have to go through the storage room. Yeah. And through, okay, so I'm like, I. There's usually a mop in there. A mop, yeah. more than a mop, like weird stuff. The break room <laughs> with adults when I was little yeah. that I don't know what was going on in there. Sure. So lockers, you know, so I would be like, I gotta, I gotta hold it because I, I can't do, I'm scared. Yeah. And my mom would make me go by myself, like learn, go. Yeah. So I would hold it and hold it. So. <laughs> I have mixed memories of Mangione. One is <laughs> pleasantly walking, and the other is like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a bad scene in the AMP, Goof. It's going to be murder in the. Oh, here we go. Can you see little Jen B? Well, you're acting out. She's like I'm doing the strut right I now, like, almost like you're imagine, on the elliptical. Imagine, like, um, speaking of rust belt, rust colored corduroys yeah. that are too short. I had those. I yeah. had rust colored corduroys. And they were like Wrangler or something. And I'm walking and I've got like a prairie shirt on with the high collar and the little lace going on. <laughs> and I got my sneakers and I just am oh, trucking along. Outfit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Anyway, I just got in a really good mood for that music. <laughs> I feel happy. Got a little nostalgic we up did. in here. Yeah, we did. So what were we talking about? We were talking about all kinds of things. Well, we started with anthologies. Oh, my gosh. Because our new best friend in the entire world, Martha Bain, was here, and she left, and she was telling us about all the cool stuff that she's doing. And then we were going to go into anthologies, but I, I said I, something at solo travel, and, I, w- and I took a hard right, and we were in Wolves <laughs> and in South Chuck Africa. And now Chuck that's a thing that happened. Yeah. That that really did happen, and I'm happy about it. But we didn't get to your anthologies. What is oh, the anthology? Oh well, I'm that you writing one, which yes. is the reason I kind of met you. Oh, remember my oh, book? Yeah. Okay, so that's right. I had this idea. I had taken a break. I don't think that's an anthology. That's you telling. That's you interviewing people. <sighs> yes, but I kind of. Well, here's the, here's the deal. I am very stuck um, at whether to me tell the story. Uh-huh. Of this one of the woman's story, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. any sense, me be, as told to, yeah, yeah, right, you know, in your journalist fancy journalistic mm-hmm. terms, whatever it means. So no, but the right way to say it is that as told to by okay or their exact words, an anthology of women's right. Do, do I think for for it, if you want to call it that, you need to have people write them. They have to write them. Yeah, I think it can't be an anthology. I think you can do a combination, though. You can quote some of the particularly important phrases that have come from the people that you've interviewed. Yeah. And then fill in gaps. Because sometimes, especially telling your own story, I think you'll like, not you, like royal you, mm-hmm. we all will belabor a detail that perhaps is not significant oh. to the viewer or the listener or the reader. Right. Whereas you could kind of gloss through 10 years in a sentence and get to the important stuff if you're telling the story. Yeah, I think, I think, okay. Well, what is the definition then of an anthology? Or, or, or you know, sort of. I believe a yes, collection, a collection of writing from a variety of people. Okay. So they'd have to write it. Guth is on the, I'm on the go detective to the, scene. To the interwebs now. Yes. She's going to the interwebs. Um, but yeah. So no, I, my, an anthology. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm sure that's right. A published collection of poems or other pieces of writing. It does not necessarily say. Well, no, 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 no. Um, okay, so Oxford is saying what are a, they a collection. Oh, yeah. And then dictionary.com says a book or other collection of selected writings by various authors, usually in the same literary form of the same period or on the same theme. Oh. That's kind of, in my mind, it's that. Because okay, to that me, the variety sense. of people is kind of key. 
the variety of people, but in their own writing. Yeah, they write it. They are. The, I think you edit it to get it all. Yeah. I wish Martha was still here. I know. I'm ask her. We got to call I her. I want to be your best friend. Let's call her right now and play some Chuck Mangione that, and ask her how she likes it. That won't infuriate her at all. No, like, no. We, we have questions about anthologies. Come back. Here we go. <laughs> Every, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm what gonna, are you going to do? I'm going to get a CD of this song. Because I don't have, I have a CD player still oh, in my say, car. Do you really? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get a Chuck Mangione CD. And I'm going to play it in my car. Yeah, you are. And I'm going to rock on. And I might even get some rust-colored high waters. Where, where, where are you going to get those? I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps somewhere like a, a thrift store. You know, the Salvation Armani on Grand Avenue has yes. a wide selection of fine clothing. Like really? A lot. Gr- I whole, love that. Salvation whole, Armani. Salvation Armani. Yes. That's I've never heard that. So That's cool. I called it that when I lived in New York City. It was the one in Chelsea. was very fancy mm. and had lots of fancy stuff in it. So I was like, oh, it's the Salvation Armani. You coined that. I don't think I did. I, I think, think you did. Maybe I brought it to Chicago. There you I, go. I feel like right. I should not claim that. Okay, yeah. You, you're being humble. But Maybe. anyway... Um, but the one on Grand Avenue, there's a Salvation Army Grand underneath what? the, like right before you get to w- Milwaukee. Oh. Between Des Plaines and Milwaukee. You can see it from the highway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Underneath the little aqueduct I think thing there's there. also a halfway house there for yes, people to live. there is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That one, there's an upstairs full of clothing that's in fine shape. Really? I love thrift stores. I Me think too. thrift stores are fascinating. So I think that's where I'll get my high waters. Yeah. Um, probably because that's, that's probably where they are. Yeah. I'm probably not going to get them at the uh, Macy's. <laughs> probably no. No. Unless I, I get also, 10 sizes too small and just rock them. It was also the time of the little jumper. Lots of like. Tell me more. Of like little. So, okay. This was the outfit. Turtleneck. I had a turtleneck with rainbows. Oh, we all had that turtleneck. Yeah, okay. So, turtleneck, shirt, and then there's like a little dress over it. That looks like yes. the, the top looks yes. like. Kind of overalls. Yes, I had one that was like purple velvet and had some. Did it have pants? No, it's a dress. Oh, just a dress over the turtleneck, and yeah. then you do like tights yes. and whatever. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, I had that. What else did I have going on? Oh, and when you wore the turtleneck, it was yeah. key that you wore like a very delicate little necklace, and it was just hanging out the top of the oh, turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had that going on. I had turtlenecks with like, the problem was I had ketchup with every meal. (laughs) So my turtlenecks were white with like flowers or white with rainbows. Always ketchup stained. Always. (laughs) Did you ketchup on your neck? I don't know. It was a rough time. All I know is that I remember I had a work, you know, working mom, an immigrant working mom and, and a dad who was who knows what he was doing and uh the point was we were always left to fend for ourselves food wise so my sister and i were like well you gotta put ketchup on rice so right white rice with ketchup you know eggs with ketchup macaroni and cheese with ketchup so so anyway my turtlenecks were all stained but my mother was so mad about it she made me wear them (laughs) <laughs> Basically, I didn't do so well as a child. Let's just be honest. There were some trouble spots. Character building. There you go. Is what that is. So, okay. So, but back to the anthology. I just want yeah. to, because I, so the thing I am working on is really a collection of, of women's stories. Of women's stories. Yeah. yeah. So I decided, uh, I, when I came back to being an artist after being a therapist for five years, um, I decided to let me ask people, is it even worth being an artist as a mm-hmm. woman in this city? Like, um, is it possible? 
Is it, are people, what are people doing, uh, writers, and not even just artists, but writers, who I consider artists, but also new, you know, hosts, newscasters, all kinds of women that are working, you know, what, how are they living? Do they like what they're doing? Um, how did they get to where they are? And so I just started interviewing people and people were lovely, such as yourself, Guth. I recall having a lovely conversation with you. It was so lovely. At the McDonald's, McDonald's on Navy Pier. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. And my mic was really good and it picked it up. So I'm at the point now where I've, I have stories. I have, I think, 18 stories. Okay. I have probably an hour and a half of each person's story. Oh, I talked your head off. You got more than that for me, I'm Probably sure. Probably two hours yeah. of yours. Goose might be a two-hour one. I'm, a, I'm chatty. Yeah, like but that. in a good way. So it's always better to have too much than too little. Because sure. when then you're just staring at the person like, yeah. we should not talk to each other anymore. <laughs> so um, so the point is, it's it, it's at this stage where I need to make a move. Oh, there we go. We got it's more. The weather. You guys, there's, again. there's a flood situation. Um, the National Weather when? Service, see the scroll that we have is kind of slow. slow, has issued a special marine warning for Winthrop Harbor to Wilmette oh. Harbor beginning at 1.21 a.m. Right and ending at 2.51 National Weather Service there. Here, here's the weirdest thing because we are downtown Chicago, as people know. Nothing is happening here. Okay, well now it is. That scared the crap out of me. Here's what happened. In. Chuck Mangione <laughs> just made it lightning and thunder in our in our. Like we were all chilled out from the Chuck Mangione, and all of a sudden you got your lightning. Sound but I kind of like that lightning sound effect. You know why? It's from Scooby Doo. Let's be honest. Is it? I don't know. It Probably. sounds just like Scooby Doo. Yeah. But um, so downtown Chicago here on the lovely it's Michigan quite Avenue. Still. It's, it's still. I it's, mean, the streets are wet, but it, it's not stormy. I don't see drops. Let me no. tell you something. So I'm interested. Now I say that, and it'll probably be a, a down. The second we yeah. walk outside, yeah, it really will. It really will be. Um, but so I'm, but I'm making this book. I don't, but I have to get going. It's been dormant because I've been stuck as to this question of do I, you, whose words am I using? And I think a combo platter is the best way. Yeah, combo platter. Do you think? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, because people have said some really, really profound things, mm -hmm. and I want to include them, but I think the book really also is about my journey of right because an you, artist. you had a reason for yes, you know, you had a hypothesis to go and do yes. that anyway. So I think that's yeah. an important thing to tell. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of times, particularly in women's work, okay. we have hidden that. Ooh. In writing, in documentary, we hide the self. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and, and I kind agree. of just make it about oh, it's about their stories, it's about the other. But it is, it is impactful, and it does matter yeah, and why it, you came yes. to that and had developed that. Hypothesis. And it was huge for me, turning point of um, asking people to talk to me that I did not know very well, and um, explaining to them that look, I really want to know why you do what you do, yeah. and ultimately how you got there, but ultimately, is it worth it? And I think that that's a question that is, I don't know, but that was my question. I just said, is it, is it worth it to basically? Yeah. Is it worth it to follow your dreams? Yeah. Yeah. That was the question. And the question I remember really standing out about that conversation. Well, there were a few, but one of them was, do you struggle with the term artist? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not, I don't paint or, well, I mean, I do, but I, yeah. and then like, it started to unravel quickly of like, well, I guess I, do qualify yes. and it, it got I mean it was interesting it was thought-provoking I think those are the best conversations yeah yeah 
All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we will continue this conversation here in just a moment on 720 WGN. Speaking of good jams, this is another one. It's another one. I'm really blown away by the quality. Yeah, these are some good jams that you're picking tonight. And also, I feel like you're getting me. (laughs) As a human and as a 41-year-old, you are getting me. (laughs) You're getting my childhood in a nutshell. (laughs) This is a great song. It's such a beautiful song. And the sunlight <laughs> She's singing along. It's I really, good. man, you're really doing a good job well, here. Anyway. Sadly, we what? have to go to news. But oh. we can, I'll pull this up on Spotify. We can keep, we can keep the jam going. Okay. <laughs> That's what we can do. Okay. All right. It is 1.30 and we do not have a news sponsor. So let's say it's sponsored by us. Here is news with our good friend, Rob Martier. 40-year-old Rhonda Hughes was fatally shot while she slept inside her Southside apartment in the 5200 block of South King Drive early Tuesday morning. Police believe the Washington Park apartment was the intended target, but they're not sure if Hughes was meant to be shot. She died at the hospital. Russian lawyer Natalia Veselnitskaya, who met with Donald Trump Jr. during last year's presidential campaign, insists she had no compromising information on Hillary Clinton to offer. In contrast to what the email exchange released by President Trump's eldest son suggests, asked if she had compromising information on Clinton, she says it's not true, and Donald Jr. was told so. She added, I never had compromising information and could not have had. And there's another twist and turn in the Cook County sugary tax case. The hearing scheduled for today has been canceled while the county and the Illinois Merchants Association prepare their arguments. The county filed a motion to dismiss the case. It will now be heard July 21st. I'm Rob Martier, traffic and weather next on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Achieving your personal best on the road or in the gym often comes down to not what you do, but how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. Shop at New Balance Chicago, where our in-store teams are extensively trained to guide you through a personalized shoe fitting. The fit specialists at New Balance Chicago take precise measurements of your feet. Then they analyze how you stand, walk, and run in order to determine your foot size, shape, and gait. Your individual foot characteristics are then matched against more than 100 New Balance models in men's shoes up to size 20, women's up to size 13, all in multiple widths from extra narrow to extra wide resulting in shoes that give you the comfort and confidence you need to test the limits and surpass your personal best. Experience the difference of custom fit for yourself. Visit the Fit Specialists at New Balance Chicago today with four convenient locations in Lincoln Park, Oak Brook Terrace, Orland Park, and Schaumburg. Hi, Jim Schultz here, owner of Midwest Laundries, Chicagoland's leading supplier of commercial and coin laundry equipment. Whether it's a nursing home in Naperville, a factory in Franklin Park, or an apartment building in Bridgeport, we have the commercial laundry equipment to fit every business, building, and budget. Midwest Laundries provides only high-quality, American-made Ipso products manufactured in Ripon, Wisconsin, and backed by our no-hassle service. Find the best solution for your building or business at MidwestLaundries.com or stop by our new 40,000-square-foot showroom and warehouse located at I-55 in California. WGN traffic northbound or I'm sorry southbound 294 that crash north of Grand Avenue still there two left lanes are still down on the expressways the Edens 15 on both sides the Kennedy outbound at Addison we have a crash blocking a left lane still looking good though 10 to the Montrose Junction 17 to O'Hare inbound is the same the Eisenhower is clear and the Stevenson we are uh, seeing 
the delay's getting a little bit better on that inbound side. You're at 29 minutes now from I-80 to 355. Veterans Parkway to Route 53, two right lanes are down for road work. Cast to Route 83, a right lane is closed. On the Dan Ryan, you're 14 minutes on both sides. Lakeshore Drive is looking good. Bishop Ford, I-57, those are both clear. And on the tolls, still uh, seeing some delays on I-90. We're also uh, watching um, further up north. We're seeing delays because of the weather in the Waukegan area. For traffic on the 7s or 8s or anytime on demand, get the Traffic Chicago app approved by Team Hochberg at Pearl Mortgage. Just search T-R-A-F-F-I-X Chicago. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center, we have a flash flood warning for DuPage, Cook, and King Counties until 444 a.m., Lake County has a flash flood warning until 529 a.m. And right now uh, we are seeing, as I said, we were seeing delays on uh, 294 or on the tri-state. We are seeing those delays because of weather. Uh, the worst of it right now, we're seeing it at Antioch, Lindenhurst, Beach Park, Waukegan, Grays Lake, Mundelein, Libertyville, Lake Forest in that area. Uh, rest of the overnight, thunderstorms in 79. Wednesday, partly sunny, hot and still humid. Chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon and continuing overnight, high of 93. Thursday, warm and humid with periods of showers or thunderstorms, mainly in the south, high of 83. And Friday, partly sunny, high of 85. 76 right now at O'Hare, 79 at Midway, 76 in Geneva, 78 at the lakefront. Next news at 2. Mesmer Leon on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. All the good jams on the show tonight. So good. Let us take another moment to plug the Sound Sessions podcast on WGN Plus. Esteemed producer Michael Heideman is half of that esteemed producer Kevin Richter is the other half you of know, that. You know, I don't know Kevin Richter. Oh, he's a delightful person. Great guy. He, oh, great guy. Yeah, I he was the, my producer for a while when I was doing I know the voice the because yeah. I've listened to the podcast, but I don't know that I've he's, ever seen He's him. Bill and Wendy's producer now, oh. and he is producer of Guth and Hepke on Politics. Oh, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. who this is. Yeah, that's you guys have a great podcast. You talk about a great podcast. It's uh, Guth and Hepke on Politics. It's <laughs> like, you. that's one of my favorites right there. And Jen, I don't know where your podcast is, but we got to you know get what? you on. I'm going to do a podcast that's going to be called... Uh, 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 afraid of wolves, the Jen Bosworth story, <laughs> or or um, communing with wolves. Perfect. Or I will, I would never pet a shark, the Jen Bosworth story. The but Jen, was that a? It's, the, was, it's a shark bite. It's a wolf oh, bite. It's any bit. bite you want. You're getting bit. I'm, I'm adding it. I'm, I'm creating the podcast as we speak Great. right now. Great. I, I just, <laughs> it's going to be called Don't Bite Me, the Jen Bosworth podcast. <laughs> well, but like it, that, that sounds amazing. Um, I mean, all the yeah. podcasts on WGN Plus are, are just, they're really coming along. And they the thing are. Is, one, one of the greatest back and forth I've ever heard is uh, is Amy and, and Rex Hupke speaking on politics. So make sure you check out that podcast Thank as you. well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and it is, he took a vacation for a week yes. and I blew up his phone texting him the whole time. I was like, Hupke, please come back. Don't leave me here again. I need my <laughs> weekly therapy of politics. Because wow. it was it was also a week of a lot of like heavy lot of stuff going headlines. On. And so we both kind of try to keep track because it moves so fast now that if you... I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I don't know how you keep track. Right. So I, I, I keep like a little note on my phone and every time there's a story, I'm like, okay, mention Comey. Okay, mention DeVos. Mention that. And I just keep doing it. And then something it all it never fails it right before we go into the studio something will happen so we'll start with that being the biggest thing and mm-hmm. then we get into a conversation i'm like oh and we didn't even talk about this 
thing, right. this other giant thing that happens. So we we try to get as much in there as we can, but it we are not always successful. Well, it also speaks to how fast the world moves in general and how so much is going on all the time. You can't keep up all the time. Well, tell me tell me this. It, didn't the podcast just start as you guys just taking an introspective look at what's going on with the Trump policies and what's going on? And you didn't think it was going to go this far. And then all of a sudden, it, it just went to hell. Well, no, it started because all we were going to do is cover the campaign season. Yes, oh. yes. That's all we were going to do. And then we thought there wouldn't be much to talk about out there. No. <laughs> oh, it'll just be I mean, pretty vanilla after that. The campaign nope. season is still going on. With yeah. him, he's still he's still campaigning. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you run the podcast situation here? Well, I, I had a really good part of it when it when like it was starting, starting off. it up, and now I and now we're we're spreading it to a lot of uh, other producers yeah. that are doing really great jobs yeah. with um with Guth and Hupke and all great. the other podcasts that we have. But you got it off the ground there. I know you did. You got that up and running. Yeah. You know, we got we got to start the rocket. NASA <laughs> has to uh, has to start the thing before. You got to start with true. quality That's fuel. True. Exactly. Is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> You start with the quality fuel, and then you disperse it to the other little pods. <laughs> I don't know. I have no, oh, there's the bite. Shark bites. Shark, shark bites. Shark wolf bite shark. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked about what were we? T- oh, anthologies. But now, yeah, we were talking about PhDs. I don't have one. Do you have one? No, no, absolutely not. Do you have a PhD, Michael? Not that last time I checked. You no. know what? You have a PhD in music mixology. <laughs> Yeah, yes, right. I do. I, I Chuck Mangione always ready to go. So just you, just you wait. Okay. I would like to find the person who has a their PhD, and somebody has studied like the work of Chuck Mangione. And that person should be my best friend. Now there was there um, uh, Scott Powers, who okay. um, he uh, arts editor at the Tribune. There, uh, he did his master's thesis on Devo. Oh, and I am Devo. He, we are Devo. He never wanted to talk about that, but he had like a, this poster in his office, and someone like let me know about that, and I was like, "Dude, let me read your master's thesis. That sounds great." He never let me read. He's he like, it. "You got to go get it from my school." I was like, "Come on, man." Why do you think he was? He just didn't. Why didn't? Why do you think he didn't want to talk about his? Thesis Probably, in if Devo? you work on something that long, you're so done with yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. My dad's dissertation. He did never wanted to talk about that again. Yeah. Took forever. Okay, so if you were going to go get a PhD, what would it be in? Forensic psychiatry. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I even went so far as to go to, I was thinking about it, and um, I wanted to be, God, it's just so funny. I really wanted to be an expert witness in court cases. But you got to witness stuff. Well, you got to witness stuff, and you also have to be an expert for like 50 years. You can't just be like, hey, I'm Jen Bosworth. I just graduated. Now I'm going to be, a, you know, I, I, I had a romantic view of what forensic psychiatry was. And so my mom said, why don't you take a, a go to a conference? Okay. And you could just, so I paid like $800. This is so crazy. Where was the conference? It was in um, Los Angeles. Okay. I was living here. It was in Los Angeles. Um, and I paid a lot of money. The book was $300 that I had to read before I went I understood nothing. <laughs> I was making jokes about law and order and like, you know, my hero, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Bill Curtis. And people were just like, who is, is this? Like, basically I was like in the wrong place, but I did learn a lot. And I also, um, it dispelled the myth that this stuff is exciting. <laughs> It was not exciting. It was mostly it was mostly uh, procedure, you know, laws yeah. about about insanity and laws. It was all legal. Hmm. 
because a lot of these people are expert witnesses and they need to know all this legal stuff sure. about terms. So, but I, that's what I wanted. But be, I like the idea of understanding why people do things. Sure. That's like, I, I really like the idea of knowing um, in, in what circumstances contribute to actions that are um, socially looked at as yeah. wrong. Yeah. That's, that's perfectly reasonable and, but of a it, hypothesis. But it was going to take me eight years of schooling. Yeah. Of they, like full-time schooling and then... And they take a minute to get them. And it was like, you know. Okay, but you and I share a love of the crime dramas. Yep. And here's what I love about them. I okay. really love Forensic Files and those kind it's of ones. Favorite. I love that show. That's a lullaby to me because it's on late at night yes. and they show like 10 episodes yes. in a row. So I will go to sleep watching that feeling quite safe yes. about this. And I tell people that and they're like, but you're watching all this crazy... Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't give me nightmares. It makes me quite happy because knowledge always prevails yep. generally in the form of a nerd so like nerds are winning yep bad guys don't win nope the victim gets justice and i have an overinflated sense of justice yes and fairness mm -hmm. i want everything to be fair yeah and i want justice to be served yep and it so rarely is in the world it really uh, it is uh, yeah only on forensic files only on forensic files like so that. it is a very soothing lullaby because you're like this horrific thing went down and this poor person has suffered terribly and their family is suffering now but you know what? Science is going to whoop that guy so, and he's going to pay. So have you seen the show um, Cold Justice? No. Okay. Two. Uh, um, There's so many. Right. But There's this, Cold Case Files. Right, that was a good one. Cold Justice is two women. Okay. One is a former prosecutor from okay. Texas. One is a forensic, um, uh, uh, no, a medical examiner. And they go and solve cold cases oh, all over the country. That's a good one. And they are fierce and funny and um you i like it they're middle-aged they're not like i'm 21 and i'm gonna you know yeah not that there's anything wrong with that but i can relate more to the sure. the middle-aged person and um it's it's brilliant they get the justice they really make connections with the family they're mm -hmm. all about family getting the story of the anyway i don't have a, a streaming service so do you know how i watch my true crime uh youtube huh? episodes that are put on and sometimes they change the the voices because of copyright laws so i hear a lot of uh true crime in like a mickey mouse kind of a voice. <laughs> i'm not kidding but or sometimes it's deep too sometimes oh, they do it lower that gets you on copyright yeah to change the voice yeah to change the levels yeah the the what is it called when they're too low or too uh -huh. yeah that you can get around. I know this because I watch every show on YouTube reruns. So I need to check this out. Yeah. I need counsel. Okay. I need to consult legal counsel on this matter. Yeah. That. Well, if anybody's up and you know about, about how to change, I hope you're up listening to us. But anyway, no. Um, yeah, that's I, how you get around it. I, oh. I know this because you can see in the comment. I read the comments oh. on the YouTubes and um, it God, says. That's a cesspool of meanness. It is. But I, I like to read to say they'll say like this episode is better than this episode. Uh. Go watch this episode. But also they'll say, why why are the voices so low in this? And then the people are like copyright. And the other people will say, yeah, copyright. If you can change it a certain amount, it's not the original programming. Anyway, the point is, I don't no, know what I was the creator of that. I would be furious. I'm sure they're working on it. They're taking them down. I wonder if it's one of those like it gets you around copyright or it it stalls you being detected. Probably both. Okay. I mean, probably the latter. Yeah, yeah. But all I know is that I don't know what anybody's real voices sound like. 
in these shows. But I'm sure they're lovely. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're lovely, and uh, I don't know if they're, yeah. Because yeah. So there was this show that I got, there was this, okay, the woman that cut my hair for a very long time is from Turkey. Okay. And she got me hooked on this show, and it's all about, um, like, the Ottoman Empire. I love good, good good epic drama mm-hmm. series so it's ottoman empire okay. and um uh, wonderful and it's not available like only four episodes were available in english so i got really hooked and i was like okay well i can i know i know the story now so was i can it subtitled it was subtitled english and then they had not released any more episodes got it. so then i was watching it in in Turkish with no subtitle and then I would go to her to get my hair cut and be like okay here's what I think happened oh and then I was like googling this along is... with it and then now Univision carries it in Spanish with oh my Spanish gosh. subtitles and my Spanish is passable ish and so I I can kind of get through that but I keep like hitting pause and oh having man, to this go is check things. I, this it's is bad. almost as crazy as my YouTube <laughs> know, situation it's, it's a great show well, what's it called? I'm going to send it. Well, you have to Google a lot of things to get there. Oh, my God. It's, it's all bad. It's a top, top, top secret <laughs> Turkish-Spanish I mostly do not want to embarrass myself with bad pronunciation. Oh, is, is what that I'm what's gonna... going on? Oh, okay. So yeah. it's a show about the Ottoman Empire. Okay. Yeah. All right. But th- that's how you... So if you don't see... If you don't see your the hairstylist, how do you... You're never going to know... I know. And now I pretty much just cut my own hair and I haven't seen her in a while. So okay, well, I'm way behind. Well, we will never well, know what happened Spanish to the Ottoman now. Empire. I can follow along in Spanish well enough. Okay. So. I, yeah. I, I watch some telenovelas. I love telenovelas. Yeah. And it's, it's really, you know, because my mom was from Colombia and my dad was Swedish. And so I speak some Spanish. But I just love the outfits. Yeah. That is spectacular. What's great about telenovelas is that if you miss like an episode, you'll miss a lot. It won't just be like who had an affair. It'll be like, okay, no, they got divorced. Yes. She had a baby with yes. that guy and she's married him and already divorced him. And yes. now she's with his dad and in she's one episode. Dad. And also, yeah, she has a long lost, you know, pet from this guy's neighbor who gave her a pet. Yeah, they, they just, they'll and go She's already been in a shark cage and pet wolves and done all these things. Like 20 years will go by she, in like, one episode. dated Bill Curtis. It was like this, yeah, a long kind of thing. You got a thing for Bill Curtis. I do. You do. I love him. I would, I would, I don't know what I would do if I met him. Maybe, because he records stuff for, for sure, WGN. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, where does he do that? Because I will stake it out. I don't know. I mean, I don't either. But maybe from his house or something. But Probably. Wherever he wants. He's Bill Curtis. Oh, man. Now, do you know, he started out as a journalist. I mean, he's a journalist. Yeah. Is he, okay, a Chicago guy. And then he got into, he got into, uh. True crime. American justice was his thing. I love American justice. That's the connection. Yeah, that's why you love him. Oh, yeah. True crime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I, American justice is is great. And the biography channel, does that still exist on cable? I don't know. All I, I know- don't have. Here's the thing. My television is so old that it is it is one of the first generation of the flat screen okay, varieties. Well, you got that. I got that. But now, even though I've changed the... Um, change the screen settings as much as I possibly can. Yes. When I watch a sporting event on television, I can't see the score. It's off the screen. 
So I just it's too small. I just sit there and I'm just like, I'm just going to enjoy the nice baseball match. And Does I have it no... cut off subtitles? Yes. Oh, no. It cuts oh, off no. subtitles on the news. It cuts off the bottom, the lower third. So I don't know who anybody is. We've got to really so get Sunday, into. Sunday. Oh, come on. I know you and I. We got problems. <laughs> we, we need some televisions. Yeah, please. And some streaming services. Some streaming services, some television. Yeah. Anyway, so so you watched. I, on Sundays, I watch all the talking heads, like political yes. talk shows. But you can't I have read. no idea who those people are. So I look at Twitter and I was like, who's on Meet the Press today? Oh and then I just match them up. I was like, okay, that, Goof. I know who that is. We are making our lives so much harder. I know. It's actually like, it's a it's a fine age for all viewing of all media right now with all the technology. And, and, we and we're making it hard. We, and and <laughs> We're not winning here. We're not. No, but we're trying. We're trying. In some ways. When when bags of money hit me on the head, okay, you know that that one Fox News anchor that said that journalists have the wine lifestyles, the wealthy oh, wine yeah, lifestyles. That's right. I laughed for four days in a row about that because I was like, wine. dude, I can't even see the White Sox score on my television. Yeah. <laughs> so by wine you mean if you mean Wild well, Irish Rose from Seven Eleven, the box wine from Target. There then, you go. Yes. Oh man. Indeed. We probably need to take a break. Yeah. So we're going to do that real quick. And then we're going to keep talking about the PhDs that we don't have. Yeah, because you didn't tell the me The televisions yours. that we need to buy. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs, but we're trying. We're trying <laughs> so hard is the thing. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Another good jam. Yep. The jams have been flowing. Like this supposed rain is supposed to, but... Oh, it's coming. It's just not here yet. Yeah, I know. I got to relax. We keep hearing the the beeps from the weather service. It's true. Be careful out so there, guys. North and northwest of here, it is uh, quite, quite, quite a bit of rain happening. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez. We're with you all week until Friday when Esmeralda Leon and John Hansen will be at the wheel. Yep. Uh, but we're with you tomorrow and Thursday. And we have been talking about, well, so many things. PhDs we don't have, subtitles. Wolves, te- wolves sharks. sharks. Televisions that are terrible in my household. The strange streaming service thing that you do. <laughs> but we have a caller. Hi, Ray. You're on WGN Radio. Hey, good morning. Hello. Uh, you, were talking about, uh, yeah, you were talking about the TV without the subtitles. Yes. I would, I would love to find out if there was technology, if I could eliminate that on my TV. Uh, during the news, everything. Sports games, everything. You can't turn it off? Wait, you can't turn off closed I, captioning? Or you're talking about like you're watching the Spanish channel and it's putting English subtitles on it? Well, no, like even during a sports event, you know, they have the scrolls of oh, other the scores scrolls. and, you know, it. And then when you're trying to watch like WGN TV, you're, you're, you're focused on the story and then you're distracted about all the other events happening. And so there's a lot that, going that, on at once, is what you're saying. It's too much. Well, it's like you go out for drinks and dinners with people, and everybody's looking at their phone. I, I still have a flip phone. You know, I, I refuse to, to be distracted. You know, I, I, I focus on the people I'm with. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I get more out of it. I have a place people- down, I got a place down in Florida, and it's amazing that um, uh, when you go to the beach, everybody yep. is, is, is like in prayer, and they're, they're missing out. You know, they're looking at their flip phone. And, uh, you know, they're missing the kids and the surf yep. and the water laughing. And WGN, I remember about two years ago, here's a career opportunity for young people. Become a chiropractor or something to do with nerves. 
because they said that with your head being bowed like that, there's 69 pounds of pressure. Uh, you know, I had a I had a doctor on uh, on the show one night talking about that because he's been treating um, yeah. neck injuries around that. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Well, thanks very much yeah. for the call. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. He's right. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that's a thing, and it it was it, at a certain angle what what the pressure was on a certain vertebrae, and your yeah. neck was was a thing. Remember when there was a blackberry thumb syndrome? No. Okay, so in L.A., when I lived there, all the agents and managers were always on their Blackberries. Literally had to go to doctors to treat Blackberry thumb, which was... Which sounds like a lovely thing. Yeah, it does. Sounds like you've been picking Blackberries and you've got stained thumbs. There's berry juice. No, it was that they had carpal tunnel in their thumbs. Well, there there you go. That's them on their Blackberries. (laughs) I had a Blackberry. I did not. Okay. I didn't have a cell phone till then.